me acclaimed Top of the chain, so I bet you know the name Getting all the fans entertained The acclaimed, running in the game And we in our own lane Everybody's saying that they wanna be acclaimed Hey everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of the Hot Hits Wrestling Podcast I'm Hitzer I'm Scott Colton A.K.A. Colt Hardy Cabana <laughs> Recently fired <laughs> Um. Well, I mean, so like, there's there's not much to talk about this weekend, huh? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no. there's there's very very, very little going very, on in the world for wrestling. Nothing much very little. Going on at all. Nothing much. No events. You know, it's not like every major company in the world held like an event <laughs> this this weekend. Just busy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nothing much. So yeah, not, really not that busy, lah. Not that busy. Yeah, yeah. So we just have like you know some casual talk. Yeah, let's talk about, about UFC you know, instead, Let's talk about the UFC <laughs> instead. You know, like how about that zero gun, right? <laughs> He ate all my cereal, now he's gone. I know. Um, <sighs> it's actually amazing to me that everybody posts that meme thinking that they're the first to yeah, post that meme. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, we know that I think most of our listeners want us to talk about mm. not Clash of the Castle, mm-hmm. not NXT Workalite, not even AEW All Out. Mm-hmm. They want us to talk about what happened after AEW All Out. Mm-hmm. But we're going to make you wait for that one. Yeah. That's the that's the main event of all our topics. Yeah, um, to ease us into the clusterfuck that's happening right now in AEW, uh, let's start by covering the week in pro wrestling chronologically. Sure. Let's begin by WWE Clash at the Castle, which is WWE's first UK stadium show in forever in over thirty years, mm-hmm. uh, held in Cardiff, Wales. Um, this being the first proper pay-per-view under the Triple H era, um, I, I, I understand that SummerSlam was, you know, technically his first pay-per-view, but... A lot of you know, already made already by then. Yeah, yeah, they were already set in stone, and Triple H tweaked a bit here and there, you know, bringing back Eosky, bringing back yeah. Bailey, bringing back the Kotaka, stuff like that, but it was mostly a Vince and Bruce Pritchard pay-per-view, and this is the first ever full-on Triple H pay-per-view. Um, seeing oh, I'm sorry, premium live events. We're no longer allowed to see pay per views. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but that being said, with that in mind, you know, we were big fans of NXT Black and Gold, the takeovers and everything. What mm-hmm. was your opinion of Triple H's uh in general, Triple H's first pay per view uh, on the main roster? I mean, I think it was a success. Mm. Um, how would you grade it? Like? How would you grade it? And why? Why would you give it a grade? Uh, I think I would grade it a solid four out of five. Okay. Um, it's definitely not perfect, but yep. Uh, I think there was a lot more ups than downs throughout. Mm. Uh, all the championship matches I felt mattered. Mm. Uh, you know, all the championship matches I feel. Um. Yes. Mattered made sense. You know, felt big. Uh, so I think that was important. Yep. Uh, uh perhaps uh, maybe not the SmackDown Women's Championship that ended relatively fast, right? Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, mm-hmm. yeah, that that was the only one where I felt a bit quick. Uh, I wish it mm. lasted a bit longer. Yep. Yeah, but apart from that, um, yeah, like there was really awesome stuff. Uh, you know, like awesome filler stuff as well. You know, like the the, the whole House of Black thing with um, uh, what's his name, Dom Mysterio turning on his father. You know? Judgment Day. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh my God, yes, Judgment Day. I'm so sorry. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> discount well, House of Black I mean, I mean Buddy Murphy and Rare Ripley are kind of married la, so they are almost, almost you know, uh, yeah almost <laughs> uh, I really had fun with the uh, because the Raw's Women there was no Raw Women's Championship match but 
I, but be, the Raw Women's Champion was there. Yes, in the correct. Match, yep. And I thought that was a great opener. And mm-hmm. I think Roman Reigns closed it really well with you know the surprises and all that stuff, lah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. It's not. It's not perfect, but I think it. It for first pay per view, I think he did a good job, lah. Yeah, I mean, I I generally enjoyed the pay per view very much. So had a bit uh to nitpick, uh particularly, um I think they're still not handling Liv Morgan's reign very yeah, well. So that's one thing. issue. Um, I thought Drew McIntyre should have won at home. Um, yeah. and the, the the karaoke at the end, I know it's Tyson Fury's thing. Mm-hmm. It's a really stupid way to end a pay per view. Uh, but let's <laughs> let's get into it chronologically. You know, sure. um, let's begin with the six women tag team match along a very well built feud. I might add, um, Alexa Bliss teaming up with Asuka and Bianca Belair, the Roman champion, mm-hmm. uh, taking on Damage Control made up of Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. Uh, Damage Control, obviously, most famously coming off a loss against uh, Miss Marvel. Yeah. Uh, so they're trying to um, recapture some magic here. Um, first of all, before we get into this match, right? Um, were you shocked beyond belief that Dakota Kai and Eoskai did not win the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions- Championships in the finals? They lost to Aaliyah and Raquel Gonzalez, which was... Stunning. Oh boy, let me tell you, I did not see that coming. Yeah. That was shocking to me. What do you think about... The tag team uh, championship finals. Uh, I was actually okay with them not winning. Uh, I really oh no, but to be fair, I was I was swerved as well. Like I honestly thought they were going to win it. Like they were, you know, it made sense, what, right? Yeah. Um. However, I wasn't too um, I wasn't too upset at it. I think the match itself was okay. Mm. Uh, and Raquel and uh, what's her name? Earlier. Earlier. Uh, they've been together for a while now, right? Nope. This was a tag team that was just recently put together for the champ- for the tournament. Oh, not even in NXT are they together? No, it was uh, Dakota Kai and Rukawa. Oh, yeah lah. Oh, yeah, sorry, my bad. Then, yeah, then, uh, yeah, but whatever lah, I'm okay with it lah. Yeah, yeah. I-, I thought it was a terrible decision. I think Rukawa and Aliyah are a terrible team. I think most of the matches in the tag team tournaments, with the exception of Dakota Sky and EO Sky stuff, were bad matches. And I think the WWE tag team women's division is... Even worse now under Triple H's reign, weirdly, than it was under Vince's. Um, but so I don't think that they really ever give that that whole division a chance, though. True. Yes, which makes it even more startling that now that they are giving the division a chance, it's still badly booked. I guess. I mean, we'll see lah. Now that they they have established these teams right out of nowhere, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps you know we'll see. the only established team did not win the championship. Yeah, I know. I know. Yoshirai and Dakota Kai. The, the damage control. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Yosuke. Yep. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. I think the, the that's the one glaring weak spot under Triple H's. Otherwise, a glowing, largely positive creative reign. Uh, right now, lah. So, um, I do wish that they would fix the women's tag team divisions. I do not feel that a tag team division in the women's division should exist in the first place uh, because, you know, they've just never been able to figure out what to do with it. Mm. So why continue doing it? Um, but, you know, I guess Triple H is on the road to fixing it. I'm going to give him, Time. you know, some 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 runway mm. la, to, to, to get this right, you know. It's uh, only been a month since he took over, so I'm not going to expect like everything to be, everything to be fixed. Yeah. Uh, like you know, I think 75% of the issues that I've had with WWE over the past 10 years have been fixed <laughs> over a month, which is quite shocking <laughs> in, in itself. So you know, like just the fact that like one or two little things are not fixed, 
I'm not going to blame him for that. Like, I'm sure he's, he's going to get around to it. The majority of the talent that we thought were wasted are not being wasted anymore. Mm, yeah, mm. So that's a big improvement also. Yeah, I, I also have to commend this card for being very um, concise. Yes. Um, a, a bit like the old takeovers, yeah. you know. Uh, five, six matches is really all I need. You know, I don't need every single title and every single superstar to be on a pay-per-view. Um, it's fine if they're not, you know. It's fine if you keep Bobby Lashley to main event Raw against Miz, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, today, lah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I think AEW can take a page from. Yeah. Um, uh, I would say three quarters of their card for All Out could have been shifted to Dynamite or Rampage yeah. and, you know, really make Rampage and Dynamite special. And as well as give doing, those matches. You know I mean? Yeah, as well as give, like, more time for those particular matches like uh, Ricky Stark's Wildhouse Hobbs. For stuff like that, more time to breathe. Like, wouldn't that be like a, a better main event for today for this week's dynamite rather than a five minute semi squash in a yeah. in a pay per view that will be forgotten yeah. about you know and like, someone yeah. they built that that story so well already, you know to yeah. end it so quickly it was quite anticlimactic I felt absolutely yeah. you know but um uh, in the in the meantime though I think Alexa Bliss Asuka and Bianca Belair versus Damage Control was a really fun match. Um, actually, this was one of the better built feuds of the card. Actually, mm-hmm. um. Mm-hmm. It's been bo- built since SummerSlam, since the return of uh, Bailey yes, and Damage Control exactly. and all of that. Yeah. Um, I think all six women showed up really, really well. These are six of the best women's workers that that, that exist in WWE. Um, I love most about... I mean, this wasn't like a super spectacular yeah, yeah. Bianca Belair versus um, Becky Lynch like WrestleMania sure. match, but I mean, I thought this this was a really hot opener. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy about it. Um. Yeah, I mean, what were your highlights and lowlights of the match? I mean, one of the highlights were definitely the... I thought all six women played their parts really well. Uh, yep. There was a certain uh, synchronicity yep. within all six, which I enjoy watching. I mean, Eoskai, <clears throat> Dakota Kai, Bailey, you don't have to say, right? I mean, all six yeah. women are hyper-talented. La. And mm-hmm. to, to let them showcase this, right, and then give them a lot of time to work some more, it, it made for a great opener, la, which I always enjoy, you know. It, it's, it, it showcases how serious uh, WWE is in, in their women's division, la, in that sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, in the women's division. Not the tech division, yeah, but yeah, the pro- women's, women's division, division proper. Yeah. Yeah, 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 So, you can, you know, all of them had really great moments, you know. Uh, it's a good uh, way to reintroduce, um, you know, wrestlers who haven't been around for the past two years, you know. Mm. Uh, yeah, and all that kind of thing la. Um, in the end yeah I felt that it made sense for damage control to, to, to get the win over the, the, the three of them uh, they needed yeah, it they, exactly after the loss in the tag team finals yep. yeah so maybe that's why I didn't mind so much maybe it was because of this match that I didn't mind so much but never mind anyway um, mm. yeah um, damage control the, the only like really deep thing is just the name damage control has this marvel connotation to it so, of course, you know, yeah, yeah. coming off, yeah, I mean, coming off the loss to Miss Marvel <laughs> and the tag team championship finals, you know? yeah. So that's the only, the only little nitpick I had. But apart from that, this is a great way to open your pay per view. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I kept expecting uh, Bianca Belair to be accompanied by Iman Belani or something, you know. <laughs> uh, oh, I also like the, this. Is a little, little, um, um, not, not, not what do you call it. Uh, this is a little note that I took when I was watching it was that again now. WWE history is wrestling history. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Michael Cole. I I keep telling people <laughs> yeah. this for the past like four podcasts. Like he is the biggest beneficiary from, from Vince leaving. Yeah. Michael Cole knows wrestling. Exactly. He is obviously a very very knowledgeable mind in wrestling. He's been in wrestling for thirty years, exactly. bro. Like 
he is right now. I think he it's in his prime of calling matches Agreed. and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, whereas like Gr is a bit past it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michael Cole is right now in his absolute prime. Him referencing triple tails. Yep. Um, Shirai system, Miho Sky. The fact that uh, Asuka and Yoshirai used to be in a in a stable together back in Stardom. Exactly. You know. Um. Later on, he even referenced um. Hemlock wrestling, which yeah. uh, which Drew McIntyre used to wrestle exactly. for in front of sixty people, you know, now there's sixty two thousand and stuff like that. Yeah. It's the type of you know um thing that we used to praise AW for wrestling exactly. history is now also WWE history. They're not going to abandon. They're not going to treat us like we're morons, uh, Like oh, this stuff never happened. This exactly. never happened in WWE. Yeah. yeah. So that makes so uh, makes a lot of wrestlers, especially newer wrestlers, will benefit from this because their history suddenly comes into play when you know Michael Cole helps them up. You know, yeah. like oh, now this guy is a legit contender to a more established WWE guy, because yeah. this guy is not just I mean new to WWE, but has a wrestling history that Michael Cole reminds us of. You know that kind yes. of thing. So yeah, again, it's a very small uh, positive, but something that actually affects WWE throughout the next uh, this era, la. Absolutely, yeah. you know, like um, for example, just giving this history, like Io Shirai is technically one month into her main roster reign, yep. so one month into her exposure to mainstream audiences. Yep. But Io Shirai is actually the most veteran of all these six wrestlers. Yeah, exactly, she has had the most experience, and you need to get that across somehow. Like, don't you don't need to beat us over the head with it, but you just need you just need to mention a little bit, like you know, she's actually been wrestling for a really long time. She has conquered nearly every continent in the world, yeah. you know, um, etc. etc. Et you know, so. Yeah, bring that out there. Um, I really like that Bailey pinned the champion because I think that's a that's a good way yes. for Bailey to get the title shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually I think Bailey after what ten months out from knee surgery, ACL replacement, right? She looks yeah, fine. Yeah, she, she looks, looks fine. sharp. Yeah. Like I was I was worried that Bailey is gonna be a bit rusty, but she didn't look rusty at all. Yeah, no doubt. She looked, she, and I like that Bailey was trying to heal it up. <laughs> uh. Boy, when, a lot of people forgot about this because of COVID. Yeah. But whenever Bailey goes over to the UK, they have this chant. Yeah. Um, a Bailey, ooh, ah, yeah. I want to know if you be, be my girl. Um, so, it's very difficult for even Bailey, a heel, to not be flattered when 62,000 people are singing, Will You Be My Girl? Yeah. Um, and you could tell that she broke a couple of times, like smiling at the audience and everything. Like, but then she immediately covered up and tried to heal, hit Asuka, you know, do a healish oh, thing, tag take out. out. Yeah, the tag out was brilliant. Yeah, 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 you could tell that she was really like employing some veteran pro wrestling yeah. smarts, like, trying to turn the crowd against her, you know. Yeah. Um, you were not going to turn the UK crowd against nah, me. You fucking love her. Yeah. But, but I love that she tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that she tried. And and I really love that Chan too, uh, to, too, to be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um so yeah, I mean, great start to the to the pay-per-view. I was really into this anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh but I mean we follow up with what I Ooh. in my opinion, match of the weekend, Same. in my opinion. Yeah. Um across NXT Worlds Collide, across All Out, across Clash at the Castle, Gunfer, FKA Walter, <sighs> versus Sheamus for the WWE Intercontinental title is up there mm-hmm. with British Bulldog versus Bret Hart in Wembley. Mm, yeah, it was it was that level of good. I'm not saying it's better. I'm just I'm just saying it's there's a conversation to be had yeah. that is it's at that level because it's undeniable that Walter is one of the best underutilized talents that WWE has had for a long time, mm-hmm. and finally the main roster is using him correctly. Mm-hmm. Do you remember his uh his title defense against Shinsuke Nakamura on SmackDown, was which was which was also really really yeah. good and it's one of the best Nakamura matches I've seen in a long exactly. time. Gunfer versus Sheamus, I already knew just on paper this was going to be a hard-hitting chop fest, German suplex fest, <laughs> kind of like stiff, 
yeah, a, a really stiff match lah that, that Gunter is known for having against, you know, Tyler Bate, against Ilya Dragunov, you know, yeah. his couple of matches yeah. against Ilya Dragunov, that type of stuff. Uh, the only difference is that, you know, Sheamus is much bigger than Ilya Dragunov or, or Tyler Bate or Pete Dunne, yeah. you know. Seamus is a big man who can who can deliver to Gunter what Gunter delivers to other people. Yep. So it's it's going to be a bit more of an even match kind of uh, or, uh more of an even match. Mm-hmm. You know, Seamus obviously kind of I know I know this is in Wales, but it's quote unquote you know has home ground advantage. You know the the British Isles or whatever. Slightly, yeah. uh, um, I mean Gunter being you know uh, Austrian German etc. Uh, being the away guy mm-hmm. it had a, had a real like football vibe to mm-hmm. it. Uh, Gunter. Now not only accompanied by Ludwig Kaiser, but also Giovanni Vinci, who's been called up from NXT. Mm-hmm. The Imperium has been reformed. Yep. Amidst all the drama that we've been talking about, uh, it's easy to overlook that Imperium is back. Yeah. And now Imperium is in the main roster. Yeah. Um, it's a little weird for Giovanni Vinci because, you know, Giovanni Vinci, formerly Fabian Eichner, right, yeah. was re- repackaged in NXT to be some sort of male model uh, influencer yes, type of yes, guy, yes, Giovanni yes. Vinci. Uh, but now that he's back in the Imperium, I think they should have changed his name back to Fabian Eichner. Yes, but whatever lah, I'm, I'm happy that Imperium is back. It's actually one of my favorite stables from NXT UK back in the it day. It is, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think they, they added a lot to this match, you know. Um, I also love that, you know, Pete Dunne is now, uh, sorry, Butch is now wearing his Pete Dunne gear again. Mm-hmm. Um, behaving a bit more Pete Dunne-ish. Mm-hmm. They brought him back to that. I like that um, this this little reset to black and gold that Triple H is giving to his uh, to the recent call-ups. Yeah. Really, really love all that. The match itself though. Oh my god. Good God! This this was this was an easy five stars, and if you don't give it a minimum of five stars, something wrong. I don't I don't think you're a wrestling fan, yeah, bro. Um, what do you think about Gunther versus Shane? Ah, I loved it. You know, while you always knew, you always know that I love when big guys just beat each other up. But horse fight, yeah, yeah. horse fight is one of my favorite wrestling uh like tropes. And, yeah, and yeah, so this was what I, I what I imagined I would be was exactly what I got, mm-hmm. and. And I love when WWE hits the nail so well. You know, like, mm-hmm. it was so beautifully done. Like, you could feel the power of, of both men and how strong it felt, you know? Yeah, this is a big, strong voice. Bro. Yeah, man. And I love yeah. this renaissance of Sheamus. Yeah. Like, I mean, he has so many reiterations of Sheamus throughout the years, right? Uh, I'm, I'm going to push a little bit on that because renaissance implies that Sheamus has been off form. Not off form. I actually he think he's like... been good at whatever he's given, like, actually. I think he's been misused, he's misused for the past yeah. 20 years. But, but I always, think like if you look at his body of work, Sheamus has always delivered banger exactly. matches that have been underappreciated. Exactly. Remember, you know, um, even with the bar when he was teaming yes. with Cesaro, right? Like His matches have been amazing. Exactly. And that was actually one of his better reiterations, actually. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. But I mean, he's been given a lot of shit to work with and always, you know, somehow minds go out of it. And, yeah. And so even this weird-ass um, English-Irish gangster gimmick thing, right? The Peaky Blinders gimmick that they're giving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still works! You know? Yeah. And, uh, and again, with the whole like, uh, I don't know, the visuals and all that, everything made sense. Like, it was such a good match. Uh, physically, it was what I expected. Uh, in terms of like, how it finished was also how I expected it to go. You know, mm-hmm. like, they gave me everything I wanted out of this match. And yeah, they gave me 20 minutes of this, you know? Which yep. is not too... Because this match also, if, if let's say it goes 40 minutes, it'll be too long or so. I mean, I don't I don't think I would have minded, but yeah, yeah I agree with because you. Because it's, you know, it's, it's honestly just big guys beating each other up. You get tired after a while or so, no matter how good it is. So, I don't know, man. Elia <laughs> and Walter went for like 40 minutes. Uh, Wal- 
Walter and Tyler Bate went for like 40 minutes. Tyler Bate and Walter so different also. It's a different type of... Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a big strong boy versus big strong man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- 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 that was the dynamic. These are two big strong men <laughs> fighting each other. So, yeah. so anyway, whatever it is, oh my god, I, I had so much fun with it. I like that they let it breathe for 20 minutes. A uh, great ending. Yeah. Uh, it increases that IC title... It, it, it increased uh, prestige. prestige, you know. Again, the IC title is on the rise ever since Triple H took over. And yes. thank God for that. Because this title should never be forgotten. Lah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. It's, it's become suddenly one of the most prominent titles in the company. Yeah, man. Um, I think it's it's good. I, 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 re- I really enjoy And Walter is the correct champion now, to be yeah. for now. And, and I love it when the crowd was chanting Walter. Mm-hmm. Michael Cole said like, oh, the, the crowd in Cardiff here is referencing Gunther's past. Again, <laughs> acknowledging the obvious, which WWE would never have done in the past. You know? Like Vince McMahon pretended like, oh, who is Walter? We don't know. I guess they're chanting for someone else. You know? But Michael Cole is just like, let's, yeah, let's just acknowledge it. Lah, you know, you know, Gunther used to be called Walter. It's fine. It's not a big deal. You know? Exactly. Um, match was amazing. Five, five stars for me too? Definitely a five. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, man. Yeah, um, amazing stuff. Um, the crowd at Cardiff, I think, was one of the best crowds of of the weekend. Um, and they delivered uh the atmosphere that this match needed as well. Like, it felt like a big time uh fight. Um, no, it's sixty three thousand people. Yeah, uh, sixty two thousand eight hundred. Yeah, close to sixty three lah. Mm. Um, this felt like an NXT takeover match, don't you think? Uh, it in a good way. Yeah. In a good way. I don't think that's a bad way. No, no, I mean, like, you know, because the black and the black and gold brand is like the smaller brother and all that stuff. Yeah, but, all, but they always delivered the better match. Exactly, matches. and and this this delivered that. Yeah, very nicely done. Yeah, I love this match. Um, if you have not seen Clash of the Castle, go out of your way to go watch this match, bro. Agreed. Please, please watch this match. I think this is going to be match of the month unless something else changes my mind. Yeah. Like. Um. Anyways, we move on to the WWE SmackDown Women's Title Match. Liv Morgan mm-hmm. takes on. Shayna Baszler in a fairly solid mm-hmm. but unspectacular match. Yeah. Um, I think the best thing I can say about this match is that Liv Morgan got a clean win, something that she really needed, needed yeah. considering how badly booked she was under Vincent's reign. Mm-hmm. Um, she looked like a not credible weak champion. Um, you know the the tap against um uh, against Ronda Rousey in SummerSlam and everything made her look really weak, made her feel like a heel yeah. even. You know. Um, and just the fact that she managed to one-up Shayna Baszler and get a clean pinfall is the best thing that you could do for Liv Morgan's reign. Mm-hmm. Keep her looking strong. I know they're going to rematch against Ronda Rousey and she needs to look more believable next time. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she beats Ronda Rousey's best friend, also a former MMA fighter in Shayna Baszler, basically uh, discount Rousey, which is Shayna Baszler. So I mean, mean, there's no offense to Shayna Baszler, but that's who she's been for her entire career. Yeah, like, yeah. From MMA all the way to pro wrestling. So that's, that's a good thing. This is a bit of a cost correction that I enjoy. Exactly, I like I the match. Think. The match itself may not have been great, but the ending, like, I think the finish was the yes, correct book. Correct. Yeah. What about you? Uh so yeah, so this really corrects everything that SummerSlam did not do for straight up uh, for Liv Morgan. Liv. Um, yeah. Again, this will help fans kind of make her I mean, make hopefully make her more of a baby face again, lah. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that's what they're going for. I think Liv Morgan is still a baby face. It's just that after that SummerSlam ending, it was a bit weird. Lah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, how could you not root for Ronda Rousey, who was clearly like screwed, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so in 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 that in that, uh, like I said, this match was a bit like last time for a championship match. However, mm. uh, it corrected, cost corrected, uh, the Liv Morgan story. So that is the important part, I feel. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah. I'm willing to forgive a weak match if the booking is correct. Agree. Because the, the headline coming out of it is Liv Morgan looks strong. Yeah. And that's what you need to remember. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, good job on WWE for this. Um, I think Liv Morgan has improved a lot. She's still not anywhere near the caliber of an Io Shirai or the Kotakai or Bailey or Charlotte like and stuff like that. So but much since like four she's years grown ago. so much since since her NXT days yeah. when she was like the belly for Enzo and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I still want to see Shayna versus Ronda one day. Uh, hopefully WWE will deliver that for me. I think Triple H will uh, one day. She's the belly uh, for Enzo post Camilla going away, right? Uh yeah, yeah 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 this was this was a long time ago this was 2015 yeah. uh Liv Morgan you know okay. a long time ago and she's grown a lot since then yeah. uh, into a competent wrestler in her own right um I think they need to pull the tri- trigger on Sheena versus Ronda soon because Sheena is getting up there in age yeah, um I hope to see that in Mania actually to be honest that's a great match I mean if you build Morgan up again for the next few months you know yeah why not I think you built Morgan up, but Morgan loses to Ronda and Shayna challenges Ronda. Maybe maybe Shayna wins a, a number one contenders match or something. Yeah, that's why I meant. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that direction. Yeah, yeah. And they should do it... Hear me out. They should do it in Matt Riddle's fight pit. Do you remember the fight pit from NXT? No. I mean, yes, you know, I remember, the, but... Oh, it's the giant okay. cage thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ma- make it like, you know, MMA-esque in that sense. Why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, obviously Shayna and, and Ronda could pull off an MMA type It'd be fight, quite cool. You know? It would be different. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they were MMA fighters, you know. You should you should do a whole, like, UFC type countdown, show them in training camp and everything, you know. Uh, don't get to, got, don't get them to wrestle for one whole month. Just show them training, training, training. I think that would be a nice build for this type of match. Oh, yeah, it is, actually. Yeah, huh. yeah. Um, anyways, let's move on to uh, Edge and Rey Mysterio, accompanied by Dominic Mysterio, taking on... Um, in your words, uh, House of Black, uh, aka the Judgment Day, uh, <laughs> Damien Priest and Finn House Bella. of Black WWE. House of Black WWE, uh, accompanied by uh, Buddy Matthews' uh, girlfriend, Rhea Ripley. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess they are an offshoot of House of Black yeah. la, because of Rhea Ripley. Um, so the story leading into this match was Ray decided to pick Edge as a tag team partner, ignoring Dominic Mysterio because he felt he needed you know, a veteran on the team to be, uh, to be the Judgment Day who has been dominating them. Which is a clever move. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, no offense to Dominic Mysterio, like, you're my son and everything, like, but I mean, Edge is a better wrestler. No shit, bruh. Yeah. <laughs> um, Judgment Day, Damien Priest and Finn Balor, are, it's a good team, but it, it's beginning to seem more and more that Rare Ripley is actually weirdly the leader of the team. Yeah, I guess. Um, I love the build to this match, in particular Rare Ripley uh, making Dom into a sub. Uh, <laughs> I knew you were waiting for that. But really, I mean, she no, she, she just, she's just she's just straight up pegging Dom at this moment, yeah, like, you yeah, know. Yeah. Every every week, she's just dominating Dom, right? Yeah. You know, like beating her up, beating him up, etc. There's all these memes on Twitter, you know, like uh, you know, there was that that uh that promo that Batista cut. It should have been me. It should have been me, you know. And every time, like, Rare Ripley, like, you know, chokes Dom out, you know, a, a bunch of like thirsty uh sims are like posting that clip. Yeah, yeah, it should have yeah. been me uh but yeah i really like the build to this i think the judgment day h real mysterio dominic mysterio feud might have gone on too long yeah. but with the caveat that they've added a new wrinkle into the feud with mm-hmm. dom turning on on real mysterio and h here i think now it has legs it does um before we get into the post match stuff what do you think about the match itself uh match itself was okay it wasn't like fantastic or anything like that. Um, uh, yeah, the, the best part of the match was uh, Aegis entrance in the crowd <laughs> just going wild. Wow, yeah, they couldn't get enough of that, man. There's nothing like uh, 60,000 
people crowd just going nuts over <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that was it's awesome. great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was their turn like, anyway. Uh, yes, because they haven't had Edge over there for thirty years or so. So, <laughs> mm. on the mm. WWE. Uh, anyway, mm. uh, the match itself, um, yeah, it was uh decent. It wasn't bad or anything like that. Um, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, great. Uh, six one nine. Uh, I love that choreography. Uh, no, 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 no. Aja 619 was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, it was. <laughs> I, I, I like the like, choreography closer to 519. Yeah, I mean, Aja tried to do that, that 619 and he rotated and then fell on his head yeah. and then got caught up in the ropes. Bro, you're not a lucha, no matter. I know you came out to the ring wearing a mask, but you're not a lucha. <laughs> but it was so funny. Uh, he tried, he gave it, he, he gave it a shot. He did. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, but H actually wrestled pretty well in this match. Uh, mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, besides the six one nine watch, yeah, was yeah, fine. Yeah. It reminded me of CM Punk trying to do the buckshot lariat <laughs> and feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, whatever it is, uh, great, great. Um, uh, yeah, the story was serviced la, really well after la. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So uh, again, the um the match might have been okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think there were any weak matches no, no, on the no, card. Every, everything was serviceable. Yeah. But the headline coming out of it is uh, Dominic's turn on Edge and Mysterio because he felt slighted as not you know I'm your son. You didn't pick me as your tag team partner. Why do you go with Edge and stuff like that? You know. Yeah. I like the little wrinkle. I also really like that Dominic didn't do his turn until Edge and Mysterio beat the Judgment Day because Dominic also has to beef with Judgment Day. Yep. This is not Dominic siding with Judgment Day. This is Dominic wanting to get rid of Dutchman Day first, beat them, and then I settle my family issues after that, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we come across this unit first, and then after that, we'll settle our familiar defenses. Mm-hmm. He low blows Edge, he clotheslines Ray Mysterio, probably the best move that uh, Dominic has ever done. Like, it looks like a really nice, stiff clothesline. Yeah. Um, no, I heard from the re- raw results, he did join Dutchman Day, right? Uh, ish. Ish, uh. Yeah. All right. Not really lah, but it it seems like more like he has been. It seems more like he has joined very Ripley lah as a sub lah. Yeah, he's now Sorry? he's now a real Ripley sub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're he's right. now he's now yeah he's now real. Oh Ripley my god, sub. you're um, right. Damn it. So he's not like Judgment Day per se, but more like you know with real Ripley lah. Ah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I I I think that was that was very very interesting. Uh, what what do you think about about the turn at the end here? Again, um, I want I want to say that it was unexpected, but to the extent I kind of expected it as well. Because the hints were there. Yeah, the hints were there. Uh, this is good storytelling because they they laid the groundwork for the thing. Exactly. So it wasn't like sudden out of nowhere. Exactly. Yeah. So you kind of like mm, this will be a good time to turn, and then boom, he turns. Just like yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This was a really well built. I mean, I'm not going to say that it was like super nah, great storytelling. Nah, nah. Like, it was just like real basic, Logic, simple, though. effective, logical storytelling. Exactly. Which you we know? always like when WWE does. It's logical. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the the most classic case of illogical storytelling that has happened is you, I, I did it for The Rock, right? You know, that type of thing. And I hate stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just came out of nowhere. And, and this did not come out of nowhere, but was also effective in the surprise. Yeah. So, and yeah. I think it's good for Dom as well. I think Dom being... With Mysterio, the whole time is like kind of like old already, right? We've we've seen it for like two years now. Agreed. Yeah, like now he can do like his own thing, you know. I mean, even though on the opposite side, lah. Yeah, yeah. Um, WWE is doing their own version of the S Boys versus Billy Gunn, mm. so, um, yeah, um, good stuff here. Mm-hmm. Next up, I think second best match of the night. Hell yeah. Uh, uh Seth Rollins take on Matt R- takes on Matt Riddle 
uh, who gets his first name back, I might say. Woo! Matt Riddle is now once again Matt Riddle. Yeah. He, he, he Matthew Riddle is back. He's not just Riddle, who sounds like you know a Batman villain or yeah, something. Exactly. Um, and before we get into the ma- this match, let's talk about the build to this oh. match. Um, boy, that uh, that little parody they did of the John Jones Daniel Cormier ESPN interview mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is just mm, yeah, chef's, chef's kiss. kiss. I, I'm I'm actually shocked that you know that John Jones Daniel Cormier interview was way back in 2016. Yeah, that's know? how long ago. And and. The fact that it's taken six years for someone to do a riff on it feels shocking to me. But somebody finally did it. Mm-hmm. And did you did you love it as much as I, I did? did? You know what I did? It's a, it's a whole. I mean, it was such a weird, like little uh, Easter egg, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Unless you're a UFC fan, you wouldn't. You know, like I, 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 I love that because we are UFC fans. So we immediately knew, like, hey, wait, this, isn't this like a, a take on on that? Yeah, yeah, but also it also works out of context. It does, yeah. Like, like if you didn't know about the UFC thing, it also works as like, oh, uh, they they did some sort of unscripted thing post the interview. Right. Right? It also works on that level, yes, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's just that if you knew, if you knew, you know, right? <laughs> that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But even if you didn't, yeah, it still works, and it worked so well. Like these two guys, right, out of the ring, also have crazy chemistry. Yeah, you know what I mean. They really work off each other so well. You know, and like Riddle getting like annoyed and pissed off and all that stuff. I love that. Riddle dropping a bunch of f bombs. Yes, made made it feel authentic because you know at first it was just like a normal back and forth, like a normal pro wrestling promo, right? right. And then Seth Rollins suddenly brought up, you know, like, "Hey, how's your family? Oh, you wouldn't know because your wife divorced you and your kids won't see you." Blah blah blah. It's like you that know, was Matthew, uh, man. Yeah, it's like I said. It's like I tell you, it's like I'm insulting Hadi. Like I said, like, oh, you have bad breath. And then Hadi comes back and means like, hey, isn't your dad dead? You know, <laughs> so out of proportion. <laughs> uh, wait, what? And, and I love that Riddle, Riddle has this very bro, uh, new age RVD kind of gimmick. Yeah, right? like he suddenly turned, he turned so serious. Yes. He was foaming at the mouth. He dropped the F-bomb. He kept asking... Where, where are you, Seth? Tell me where you are. And then Seth being an asshole saying, I'm right here, bro. I'm right next to you, bro. But but but, but where? He's you know, Seth yeah. Rollins is like those guys on Twitter that calls people out and they don't want to give location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it, it was just such a perfect deal, like, you know, the UFC callback and everything. The match itself though, uh they they have crazy chemistry off out of the ring and, and in, in the, the ring. ring. Exactly. Goodness, this also felt like an NXT takeover match. What do you it think? Did, it did, it did. I mean yeah. Even though these two guys were in NXT at different times, right? But yes. God damn, they're good. Um, I mean, Seth Rollins, you know, like, he's an like A-star, A- A-player, main cutter, right? Mm-hmm. And Riddle is getting up there. Uh, yep. And so, yeah, this was beautifully uh, beautifully done by both men. Um, I think the, the fighting style of Riddle really helps. Uh, it's a mm. bit different from what Rollins usually have to contend with, right? Yeah, he has a more striking base, grappling, or uh, MMA style. Yeah, exactly. So, really yeah. cool, really cool transitions, really cool counters. Like, mm. everything that uh, both men did, chef kiss lah, really lah. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed this for, for what it was. Uh, man, I really can't wait for to see where this goes, man. Mm. I, I, I think, Cause again, I'm going to... riddle in this. Yeah. It, it yeah. felt like a riddle it... that was unhinged. Yeah, um, he got into Riddle's mind, exactly. right? and then Riddle, fo- Riddle fought emotional, and therefore he lost yes. because of that, yeah. right? because of his blind rage, right? I think this is going to lead to a trilogy. The first, this is the first match of the trilogy. I think 
Riddle might win the next one and then it's going to lead to to a big one. For a rubber match, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I um, don't and mind I'm it at all. I'm down for that. They still have incredible chemistry. Same. If if they keep putting on the promos that they put on and the matches that they put on, I could, I don't mind this going for three, four matches. Same, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and common denominator here. I think Seth has been doing the work of his career this year against yes. Cody, against Riddle. Yes, know? I mean, yeah, he, he's the kind of guy you don't have to put a championship belt on him. He's also the kind of guy that doesn't need to win. Yeah. He lost three times against Cody did, and they did nothing to him. Nothing, because we already know he's already established himself as, yeah. you know, while those guys. Lah. The, Seth Rollins is one of the key proponents in Vince McMahon's philosophy that wins and losses don't matter if you build a really great character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and when you build a really great character like Seth Rollins, it really doesn't matter that he loses. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... So I mean, you know, Vince might have something there, like, Only when you build get, get great yeah, characters, you can't do it with like a Omos or something like that, you know? Absolutely, oh, yeah. yeah. Omos, you know, uh, who, who's back by yeah, the way? We'll yeah, talk about that later. Exactly. Uh, anyways, let's move on to the main events sure. for the Unified WWE Championship Unified. and the WWE Universal Title match. Roman Reigns takes on the Homecoming Drew McIntyre. I know he's from Scotland, but you know, and this is in Wales, but you know, yeah, yeah. UK and everything. Same island. Uh, yeah, um, Drew McIntyre bringing back Broken Dreams, uh, by the way, before his entrance yep. was amazing. I really, really liked that touch. Um, what do you think about Roman Reigns taking on Drew McIntyre? <sighs> I think the build has been awesome. Yes, so, uh, Drew, Drew McIntyre has actually felt very natural here. Something that, you know, he used to feel very scripted and now he correct. feels very natural. Yeah. yeah, and I love how clever he has been. You know, he mm. took out Paul Heyman, he took out Jimmy and Jay. You know? Yeah. And even like, where the fuck is Sami Zayn? Yeah. You know, like he took out everybody that Roman surrounded himself with. Lah. This when Roman came out, Roman has come into SmackDown for the past few weeks in a limo. They always have that big video package, you know, backstage. He comes into the limo, camera closes up to the door, Roman steps out. And then they've been building up for like five, six weeks and Roman always enters that way. Yeah. And then last week at the go-home show, uh, he opens the door, boom, Claymore into the door. Exactly. But it was so smartly done. It was so smartly done. Exactly. Is that this guy has been biding his time. Yeah, yeah. And planning properly. Mm. <laughs> you know? he's, been, he's been studying the footage. Exactly. Right? You know, these guys are watching film, motherfuckers. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I really like the build and then the anticipation for this match really grew uh, for me yeah. very naturally. So yeah. I was super excited to watch this and, you know, even though Roman has been champion now forever. Uh, Two years. Exactly. Uh, I really liked how the match went. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you know, it's two big guys going at it. Lah, you know, lah, my, my favorite trope. Uh, yep. if, uh, I think like, it wasn't like the most fantastic Roman Reigns match or Drew McIntyre's match. But yeah. it had this wildness in it that I liked. Um, the ending itself, I thought, was interesting. Because mm, it, why why was it interesting? I mean, it added the one left. The one it like added one more, <laughs> one more fella in lah. You know? Um, Solo Sikoa <laughs> coming uh, a a new call up from NXT by the way. Uh, it's now part of the bloodline. Uh, what do you think about that call up and what do you think about this move? Uh, I haven't really watched a lot of Solo Sikoa, so I don't know how good he is as a wrestler. Honestly, he, he's he's good. He's good. Okay. I'm not gonna say he's the best in the world, but he's good. Okay, then great. You know, another blood. I mean, another natural bloodline member, lah. Just look at his face, lah. He looks, he looks like, like uh, Uso. The, he looks like the third Uso twin. He's your younger brother. Yeah, right? he's a younger brother. I know. Uh, yeah. but he really looks like his brothers. 
you yep. know, so so he has that going for him, you know, the tattoos and all that as well, uh, Though we didn't really mm-hmm. see much of the tattoos because he was in a hoodie. Uh, yes. But yeah, it was beautifully done. Uh, his introduction. Um, yeah. And then yeah, so I guess yeah that because of that shenanigans yeah la, Roman managed to get the win lah. It's just that mm. for all the planning and all that, Drew McIntyre couldn't plan for something that he didn't know was going to happen lah. Correct. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 yeah, so I thought that was Good. a beautiful nod to the whole story, lah. Mm. Yeah. Good call there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like Sol- Solo Sikoa joining the Bloodline as well. Mm. I think this adds a new wrinkle to the Bloodline, exactly. which has been a bit stagnating. Exactly. Uh, with the exception of Sami Zayn, who's just been killing it <laughs> as a the as a honorary Uso, an honorary Us. I don't know. He he feels like Owen Hart in Nation of Domination, right? Yeah, and he does it on like on 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 the social media stuff as well. So it's awesome whenever he comments on like Roman Reigns pictures and all that stuff. Yeah, and I also really like like one of the Usos loves him and one doesn't. <laughs> yeah. One's just yeah. Which, I can't remember which one doesn't like him. I think Jay doesn't I don't like know. him. Yeah, Jay doesn't like him, and 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 Jimmy loves him, yeah, right? Something like so that. the. So you know, like the Usos are twins, right? Mm-hmm. And and um, a few weeks or so three weeks ago, uh, Sami Zayn went on Twitter to to wish uh, Jimmy Uso a happy birthday. <laughs> Not mentioning Jay, they are twins, <laughs> uh, They are born at the same time. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I love that. Um, the the two year championship celebration last week on SmackDown. Yeah. When 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 Sami was like you know uh, in the ring, and then you know um Jay was you know spouting all the accolades, and then you know Sami was just like going bad. Amen. Yeah. 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 Yeet. Yeah. That was um, but it was so That's funny. So Sammy funny. is doing. Sammy weirdly for a guy who started, you know, uh, you know what Jim Cornette said in ROH couldn't talk, whatever. And he's now the best, one of the best talkers in in sports entertainment. Yeah, I agree. He he's a pure sports entertainer. I I really really love uh love what Sammy is adding to the bloodline, the comedic levity. Yeah. Also, the fact that like he's trying every week desperately to make Roman Reigns and Jimmy and Jay break like in laughter, yeah. and sometimes they do. You can see like they they were about to chuckle, but then they like rein it in. Yeah, um, yeah Sammy is especially Roman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sammy is so freaking funny. I really really love him. Yeah, me too. Um, and I know where this is always leading. I know that I know that this is going to lead to the Usos versus Sammy and Kevin Owens because this is what they're building. I hope you know, so. Uh, the, I mean, they already did that on Raw right? with with Kevin Owens coming out. It's like, why why are you uh, there with them? Don't you realize that you're being unappreciated? Blah blah blah, and all Please that, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, this is definitely gonna lead to Sami and KO winning the tag team championships from the Usos, and I uh, just because it's predictable doesn't mean it's bad, you know. Yeah, yeah. Again, if it's logical, it makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, overall, I also agree that this is a four or five pay per view, an E minus, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Um, because again, before we move uh, on, good ending, uh, good and en- uh, good bookends lah. Good bookends, yeah. yeah good bookends. Um, I think if it wasn't for Sheamus versus Gunther, Riddle versus Rollins would have been a match of the night. Yep. Uh, um, Reigns versus Drew McIntyre was a very not takeover type match, but more of a sports entertainment. But solid. Um, main events really solid. So I like that. It's the best of both worlds, awesome. uh. You know, they're, they're like you know the workhorse mid cut people, and then like you know a very main event. Take your time, really slow and similar type of main events, mm-hmm. which Roman Reigns does very, very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I except for the fact that I felt Drew McIntyre should have won here, maybe because you know it felt like it deflated the crowd a bit. It did. Um, but yeah, I I, 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 I do agree. Tyson Fury come out after that. By the way, let's talk about uh Fury. Oh, I sh- I'm sorry. 
Austin Theory who also got his first oh, name yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, Austin Theory. I forgot about him. I know. Hey, dude, Mustafa Ali is back. Yes. You can call him Mustafa again. Austin <laughs> Theory is back. Everybody, Matthew Riddle is back. Everybody's getting first names, man. I'm just, I'm just waiting for like Biggie to get Langston back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Biggie Langston, Biggie made sense though. No, 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 Biggie works regardless yeah, of Langston. Yeah. Actually, that was a good call by Vince. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but 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 the the rest here. So let, we didn't talk about the Austin Theory cash in. Yes. Uh, Tyson Fury knocking him out before he could cash in. Yeah. Um, I I I really loved this moment because I didn't know how Tyson Fury was going to play Same. into the match. Yeah. I thought it was going to be something corny, but this wasn't corny. This was actually really well exactly. done. And this is one aspect that I felt that Michael Cole should have picked up on because you know Michael Cole is so on form right now. Yeah. And this was a wasted opportunity to for Michael Cole to shout. Um, to paraphrase Jim Ross from 1999. Uh, uh, Austin and Tyson! Austin and Tyson! Ah. Austin and Tyson! <laughs> You're right. He should have just like called back to you yeah, know uh, Steve Austin and, and uh, Mike, Mike Tyson. Tyson yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he could have done that again. It's, it's a bit like when Austin Theory revealed himself to be you know, under the screen mask and then he said, you know, it was me, Austin, all along. It was, yeah. It yeah. was all along. Uh, uh, you know, oh boy. It was such a wasted opportunity. Was, I wish Michael oh, yeah, could have done right, that. You're right. You're right. It's the thing that went through my head. It was like, Austin and Tyson. Austin and Tyson. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. Oh my god, I would love that too. Uh, yeah, a wasted opportunity. But oh well, um, what to do. Uh, what do you think about... Yeah, what do you think about uh, that cash-in thing? And then what do you think about Tyson Fury at the end and the sing-along and everything? Um, okay, so for the cash-in thing, brilliantly done, I think. Uh, good way to use a celebrity. Yes. Um, on the, the singing part though, uh, yeah, I did not mind it as much as you did. <laughs> sure, you said you didn't like it, right? I said I didn't like it because I didn't like it because Drew McIntyre lost and then he participated in a sing along. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Because yeah, McIntyre singing was a bit weird, but I guess mm. you know Tyson. Tyson Fury singing is not weird. Tyson Fury sings after. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But Tyson Fury is like, trying to pick up his periods, I guess you know. Yeah, and Tyson has a great voice, by the way. For yeah, honestly, for a boxer, that's a great voice. Dude, he sings after like a twelve-round fight, like and Breathless he sings like yes, yeah, he has such good cardio for a big guy, yeah, right? He does. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I think uh, this pay-per-view was a success, especially for a overseas pay-per-view. Yes. Uh, yeah, great stuff. Uh, I loved it. Or more, I loved like ninety-nine percent of it, lah. Um, yeah, mm. and it wasn't a waste of time, and I thought it was very concise, which, which I really liked. I really liked too. Um, Tyson Fury singing um, "Bye Bye Miss American Pie" is very on brand it for is. him. Um, Drew McIntyre uh, trying to start an Oasis sing along is one of the most British things I've ever seen. Yeah, you know, like when all else fails, Oasis law. <laughs> Everybody will know the song. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, "Don't Look Back in Anger" was actually a really good choice though, because he's trying to move on from the lost. Yeah, right? so, exactly. okay, fine. I get that, yeah. Um, before we move on to NXT, let's talk a bit about what's been happening in WWE sure. over the past few weeks since we, we came on. A bunch of big returns have happened. Um, tell me about what you think about Braun Strowman returning, Johnny Gargano returning, Dexter Loomis returning, Hit Row returning, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about all this stuff? Uh, it's a good reversal because yes. these were the guys that we, we already kind of... Uh, we kind of foresaw as being the next generation of stars. Yes. People yes, that we yeah. thought that WWE needed, especially to stay mm-hmm. relevant uh, in yep. the next 10 years. 
You know, yeah. so having them back makes sense. Uh, firing them didn't. You know, mm. that, especially Braun. To be honest, Braun was the most shocking. Exactly. So coming back and all that, I felt. Yeah, I mean, they're slowly bringing them back and slowly giving them time and all that. So the the only difference now is that they're. It feels like they're no longer wasting the talent. Mm. The problem last time was they had all this talent and they're wasting it. They fired these people because they honestly didn't know what the fuck they want to do with them. Mm-hmm. You know, but right now, because with the whole change of direction with management and all that, you find that all these people are coming back to really great hype and interesting storylines. You know? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what Braun is going to be doing yet, but it's just great mm-hmm. to see him back. I mean, my one is uh, Johnny Gargano's shocking return in Toronto, man. Ooh, um, that was, one, man. It was not set up at all. Was this was like, we come back come back from commercial break, Rebel Heart hits, and then you can see the double take from the audience. Like, they were, they were shocked like we were. Like, they didn't react. It took them like two, three seconds to react, right? They were like, is this really happening? Is this real life, you know? Johnny comes out, Johnny wrestling chants. His feud with Austin Theory is very, very natural for our first feud. Back in WWE, Austin saying that they, like you know, um, uh, uh, not Steve Austin. I mean Austin Theory saying that uh, Johnny Gagano, you know, uh, you never called me when I won the US Championship. And in fact, all all your goals in the WWE, I accomplished first. You yeah. Know, uh, getting in WrestleMania, uh, winning the US Championship, stuff like that. Winning, being the youngest money in the bank winner. You know, I, you used I used to be your protege, but in a sense now that you're my protege in in the main roster because I've accomplished more than you. you know? In a short amount, uh, in a short amount of time, and Johnny Gagano also saying that you know in the last nine months I just had a baby, right? I've been a bit busy. You know? I'm sorry about all, like you know, not congratulating you and everything, yeah, exactly. In fact, like why didn't you, uh, call me when I had my when I had my kid? You know, like you know, it seems, you know, it. The stuff needs to go both ways, you know. Um, I like it, it. They felt like they had a very real conversation. Is, yeah. Like it didn't feel scripted. It didn't feel like one of those like pro wrestling type yeah, uh, arguments. Yeah, because they continued a story which was already established. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 Johnny's reaction when Austin Theory's music hit, he, he was at first happy to see him because hey, this is my old friend coming to say hi, you know. Yeah. And then slowly it, it evolved. Uh, everything about this seems seems really well done, you know. Uh, Johnny Gagano has probably been the biggest hit for me. Uh, and speaking of the way, I mean, Dexter Loomis probably has the most prominent story on Raw yeah, at the moment. Dexter Loomis kidnapping Miss. Uh, what do what, what, what you think about this, this, this whole like long brewing story with uh, Dexter Loomis being a, a Miss stalker? Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. But it makes sense. Because it's Dexter Loomis and, you know, the Miss is like a, a, what, a D-lister, right? Well, he calls him the A-lister. No, I know, but in reality, okay, you know what I mean. He's, he's mm-hmm. like a celebrity of sorts. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been the face of the WWE for whenever they were, they were running out of faces. Yep. You know, when they were running out of like superstars and all that, The Miz was there to to carry the weight of the company like, on his shoulders. Like. Mm. That kind of thing. So yeah, I, I, I just like that, that whole like uh, little wrinkle of Dexter Loomis being a fucking stalker. I love that the Dexter Loomis also showed up for three or four weeks before the kidnapping yeah. around, right? You know, like um and, and WWE didn't call attention to no. him. He was just there like somewhere in the background, yeah. you know, watching, but you didn't know who he was watching. Was he trying to kidnap Bobby Lashley, yeah. AJ Styles, The Miz? Because he was always around during those matches, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So you're never quite sure who he was targeting. <laughs> up until now, like, now he's targeting the Miz. And then I love that when the the day after he kidnapped the Miz, right? 
Dexter Lumis came back to NXT uh, to say hi to Indy Hartwell, uh, his kayfabe wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Indy was so happy to see to see him, and they kissed and everything. And then as they were reuniting, he got arrested by police. Um, it was it was a nice little, you know, like now that like, continuity is now being being woven through Raw, NXT, and SmackDown. Yep, yep, yep. Like they're all they're all the same thing. So I love that Lumis did address that he has a wife in NXT. Went to see her, got arrested because he came to see her. You know, came out of hiding to say hi to in- Indy Hartwell. Mm-hmm. It was a natural thing to do, like I felt a it very, was. a very, a very nice crossover. Agreed. Dexter Lumis getting arrested, and then Dexter Lumis going free because the Miz refused to testify. <laughs> you know, and then you had you had the whole um thing with Adam Pierce going to that uh, going to the Miz, right, saying that you know if you need counseling, let me know. Um, the reason that uh, Dexter Lumis is not arrested is because that you re- uh you the Miz refused to give a statement. So what can we? He, you don't want to press charges, so what what can we do, exactly. right? You know. And I love the implication that you know that the miss is too traumatized to even talk about this to the police. Like he didn't want to say what happened to yeah. him, and because of that, actually, Lumis is free. Um, is it just me, or are they implying that uh, Lumis um, mm, might have raped him? <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, there's no. I don't think so, but I know I I understand the logic behind why you're thinking that. Because he's just like yeah, I don't talk about it. Yeah, I don't yeah talk exactly. About it. Yeah. Which means yeah. something dark happened, lah. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. and so because you don't have to talk about it, we come to these conclusions so that were you raped by Dexter Lumis? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, but like, you know, like back in the Attitude Era, they were made it plain. Like, but yeah, now, like, it's subtle. just an inference. Like, yeah, subtle, yeah. Like, it's very subtle. Yeah, which is a good difference. I like. Absolutely, man. Um, so, yeah. The, so, in your opinion, do you think that now that we're one, almost two months in into Triple H's reign, yeah. do you think, uh, are, you, are you still feeling positive about what's Hell happening? Hell yeah. I mean, a yeah. lot of the, the, the B, C, D storylines are starting to be entertaining. Absolutely. You know, which, yeah. which was always the problem with WWE is that, yeah, their A story was great, but then the rest of the fucking show was dumb as fuck. Mm. You know? And right now, and you know, AEW has done so well with their B, C, D, E stories, you know, for so long. Like, it made sense to WWE to do that as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, 100% agree yeah. with, with all of that. Uh, anyways, let's move on to NXT Worlds Collide. Do you watch NXT Worlds Collide, Hadi? Oh, uh, yes, I did. Okay, uh, what do you think about it About it overall? I think it was a good way to end the whole NXT UK thing. Okay. It was a good send-off, I felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there were some highlights I really liked. Um, I honestly enjoyed the Hayes-Ricochet match. Camilo versus Ricochet Roy uh, kind of stole the show here, exactly. man. This was an amazing match. Uh, doesn't have a really good build to it because yeah. you know Ricochet just showed up last yeah. week and said, "I want, I want a shot the North American title." But I mean, it's Camilo versus Ricochet. The second I saw that, I was like, yeah, I "Fuck it, I'm, I'm, fuck it, I'm down, bro." Yeah. Uh, I mean, these two are some of the most athletic people on NXT, and that's saying a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and I thought like the opening match. Was the typical NXT takeover hot opening match? Yeah. Um. There was a but uh, there are so many great spots in this, but in particular, you know, when uh both Hayes and Ricochet went for the oh springboard crossbody, God. and the met in the middle yeah. just crashed into each other was one of the craziest spots I've ever seen. Yeah, I love that. Um, it was actually quite simple, but I've, I'm amazed that nobody has done this spot before. Oh, uh, yeah. beautiful stuff, man. What do you think about Carmelo Hayes versus Ricochet? Here? Uh, honestly, I mean, we already know. Oh man. Ah, it felt like twins fighting each other. A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I honestly, I mean, Ricochet, I'm glad that he's getting you know time again to 
showcase what he can do. Yeah. Uh, but Kamala Harris, man, where, 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 where do you think he's going to go? Yeah. Um, I think Kamala Harris is going to become the face of NXT 2.0. I really hope so. Mm. I really, really hope so. Because that guy is just boundless, you know, his boundless talent in him. Uh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other match that really got me was uh, definitely the main event itself. Main events, yeah. But but we'll get to that in a bit, lah. Yeah. Um. The reason I feel like Carmelo Hayes is the new face of NXT is because I think he's more well developed than Braun Breaker is. He's been wrestling for longer. He's mover. He's better in the ring. He's clearly Shawn Michaels' favorite new wrestler right now. Mm-hmm. The way that he's being booked. I love his entrance when he showed all the jerseys of the people that Carmelo Hayes has beat. Mm. Johnny Gargano, Swerve Strickland. Tomaso Ciampa, I guess, said that, you know, they, you saw all the jerseys at the end, right? These are the sculpts that I've collected, yeah, uh, so yeah. to speak. And then at the end, he collected Ricochet's sculpt as well. Exactly. He's beaten a lot of NXT legends here. Exactly. Um, and they're clearly positioning him as the new it person, uh, the, the new guy for NXT. And I'm so down with Same. that. I mean, he, he had a line on, on last week's NXT, you know, I broke a rebel heart. This ain't a dream that you can't swerve. You know, it's perfect. Like, he's referencing all the people that he's beaten and, you know, kind of kicked out of NXT. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ricochet is one of them too. Um. I mean, I do. I didn't need too much meaning in this one. I just needed it to be a banger, and it was a banger. Beautiful. Yeah, agreed. And uh, for that. Yep, yep. Uh, next up, we have the WWE NXT Tag Team Title yeah. slash NXT UK Tag Team Title unification match in a elimination fatal four way. We have uh Brooke Jensen and Josh Briggs taking on the Creed Brothers, taking on Pretty Deadly, taking on Gallus. But before this match, we saw Roderick Strong. Laid out in the most dangerous place in the world, mm. the NXT parking lot. Oh no! Um, he, he, his his clothes were torn. He there were scratches on his face. He was beaten, bruised, and bloody. He got he was unconscious and loaded into an ambulance. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, uh, of course, this would happen in an NXT parking lot yeah, because we know the uh, most dangerous place in, in Florida. Uh, in the world, bro. Yeah, in the in world, the, the NXT parking lot is is uh, really needs security. Exactly. You know, yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's it's slowly being overtaken by the AEW locker room for real right now. <laughs> but um, I really did love that Diamond Mine were all around. You know, feigning some some of them were legitimately concerned, including Ivy Nile. Yep. But then, like Creed Brothers were also accusing Roderick Strong of turning on them or maybe conspiring against them, mm-hmm. uh, not realizing that the traitor was in their midst the whole time in Damon Camp. Uh, he, he was probably the one who attacked Roderick Strong in the parking lot and then they cut to them walking and they became saying like you should forget about Roderick Strong tonight you gotta you gotta unify the titles etc blah 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 uh, tell me what you think about this Fatal 4-Way match and what do you think about Damon Kemp turning on Diamond Mine at the end here um okay honestly kind of makes sense also a, okay. a bit of wrinkles here and there okay uh, the match itself I thought was pretty okay. Yeah, it wasn't the best, but it was okay. Yeah, it was okay, but I think again the match serviced the story. Yeah. So that is more important, no? Yep. Yeah, so uh, now we know lah, that Camp was responsible for the whole Roderick Strong thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he can go on to uh, you know do it, get a nice singles push lah. Uh, Damon Camp is a very green wrestler, so I don't know if it serves him to be away from a stable right now where he can be protected, you know, or, or be in multi-man matches. This kind but... of where it's going, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think the Creed brothers look great. Uh, Julius, Brutus Creed especially looks... I like Brutus A cranberry strong. There was this moment where he did a, a stalling standing suplex for a while and then he sat down on his ass yeah. and then stood back up. Yeah. Still holding the suplex. Yeah. That is... 
inhuman. Oh. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah that, that's 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 great stuff, yeah. man. Um, I felt that if you didn't want the Creed Brothers to win, I thought Pretty Deadly was the probably option. the. I don't know. To me, it was the worst option. But what, what do you think was the best option? Huh? Why do you think it was the best option? I I I didn't like the option. Oh, but I like I kind of like the whole gimmick. Okay. <laughs> but that's about it, lah. Okay. I I need just like the new version of Tyler Breeze and Fenango. Uh, actually, a more inferior version of that. Though. Yeah, of, of course, lah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, because they have really nothing much, uh, going on for them. I suppose they needed one UK person to win, lah, because. The the rest of the night no UK pe- people yeah, won. Yeah, yeah. Like Tyler Bri- okay, yeah. I mean spoiler alert lah, lost to Braun. Yeah, yeah. And like uh, Mandy Rose won the the, the the woman's title. Yeah, so no representatives from the UK yeah. won except for Pretty Deadly oh. lah, which is strange in my opinion. But okay, yeah. they needed one UK winner lah, so that they don't bury the 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 company. Yeah lah, exactly. And the tech tech titles may be the least worrisome one to to lose to a lackluster team. Don't you think she'll be Gallus though? Yeah, I know. I like Gallus too. Gallus and Briggs. Um, Josh Briggs and Jensen. I don't know. I don't like them. They seem very weird uh, to me. Uh, yeah, la, but they, they yeah. I don't know lah. The tag team division is a bit weird also la. Okay. Yeah, in general. Yeah. Well, anyways, like you, you thought pretty deadly was was I like the them. correct call. Oh, okay, fine. I thought it should have been Gallus, but okay. Um, I, I can accept pretty deadly lah. They seem like transitional champions anyway. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, the whole point of this pay-per-view is just to get your unified titles done, right? So that you can move on to NXT proper to establish them again. Correct. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Speaking of unifying titles, the next match is also a multi-person unification match. The NXT Women's title, NXT UK Women's title, were up for grabs in a unification match where the UK champion Meiko Satomura, the legend himself, uh, took on Mandy Rose taking on Blair Davenport in a triple threat match. What do you think about this one? Uh, this was very competitive. I think Mandy Rose actually this is one of her better matches I've watched. This is the best Mandy Rose has looked yeah. in forever. And she's had a one-year reign, you know, as the NXT, a- NXT champion. champion. Exactly. And this is the best she's, she's looked. Yeah, and uh, I thought having a, a triple threat made it... Uh, Blair Davenport, I think, did her job really well. The only reason they included Blair Davenport is because they didn't want to pin Miko Satomura. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, you know, uh, because, okay, if you just put, without De- Davenport, right, it feels like Mandy Rose is really the underdog here. Yeah. Yeah, so like having Davenport there, it kind of evens it out a bit. Yep. Yeah, so I thought this made sense and I thought Ma- Mandy mm-hmm. Rose capitalized on the triple threat really well. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, good, good stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll see how Mandy Rose continues her interesting reign so far. Lah. Yeah, yeah, as the number one woman for one of the longest uh, women's title reigns ever, actually, in, in NXT history. Coming close uh, to like, Asuka's, Asuka's run, right? Close. She's a couple of months away yeah. from that. Damn. Yeah, um, damn. I mean, I think this is the proper use of Mandy Rose as a very as a character. Yeah. It's given her time to get repetitions uh, in longer mini-event type matches and she's gotten, yeah. be- gotten better because of that. She's objectively gotten better. Hell yeah. The Mandy Rose now versus the Mandy Rose from the main roster who wasn't ready for the main roster is night and day and now she's finally ready for the main roster, uh, right? Toxic yes. attraction and everything. Everything, like, yeah. all, now everything works. Like, not only her looks but also, you know, her 
the way she carries herself, the way she talks on the mic, and now the way mm. that she wrestles. You know, it's finally caught up. She's finally the complete package. The thing that Vince wanted five years ago but like, is finally yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. It's just that he shot because, we were just shooting yeah. it too early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Triple H has taken the time to build Mandy Rose and, and get her back to basics, build her up again, rebuild her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what he's doing. He's what he's doing with everyone. Uh, and I think Mandy Rose is one of the biggest beneficiaries because she really needed it. Hmm. Um, I felt, however, I mean, this is just me being like the IWC fanboy. Sure. I mean, I would have loved, I would have loved to see Mika Satomura as the Unified Champion. Hell yeah! But yeah, she's such a legend. She Asian cannot win. I mean, you just talked about Asuka, bro. No, I know. I'm just, you know, the, the usual racist uh, wrestling fan thing, you know. Asian, yeah, Asian I know. But I mean, always get it, gets the, the hard shaft in WWE. I mean, Me- Meiko Satomura was in WCW back in the early 90s. Meiko Satomura predates Chris Jericho in WCW. This is how old she is. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, you, you saw the footage, right, in the, in the pre-match package when Mako yeah, Sakamura yeah, was yeah. like 18, 19 in, in red and stuff. She's a very, very accomplished wrestler and has been around for like 40 plus years already, you know. And I want her to, I want her to reign atop North America for a while, uh, you know. She hasn't been a North American star yet and I want her to be. Um, oh, I love that Wade Barrett, yeah, I mean, I love that Wade Barrett said that she's conquered every continent except North America and... I wish that Triple H would give her a chance because uh, she doesn't have that many years left in, in it. Uh, like, I, w- I wouldn't even mind if she was a transitional champion. Like, Just give her one reign at top. Uh, a North American promotion. Damn, you're right. Okay, I take it back. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, you know, um, I'm not even sure if Mikko Satomura lives in the US. I think she lives in... Oh no, she lives in Japan. I think that's why she's not a champion. Um, oh, the UK... Yeah, NXT UK used to only tape once every two months because they used to yeah, tape so eight, eight episodes at the time. So you travel, she traveled for like one weekend la, for a series of tapings and she flew back because uh, Miko Satomura is actually the... She she runs a Sendai Girls, which is a, a promotion in Japan. Yeah, okay, so that that's why. Yeah, so I I guess that's why they, they want to put the championship on her la, since she would, ha- she would by default have to be part-time. She has to travel back and forth. La. Um, Yeah, Blair Devilport well, did her job very well here. She was there to take the pin and she did. Um. Next up, though, we have the NXT Women's Tag Team title match. Katana Chance and Kaden Carter, the TikTok tag team, uh, takes on Dewdrop and Nikki ASH. What do you think about this one? Oh, wow. Okay, so... Uh, serviceable match, honestly. Uh, um, yeah, moving on. Katana Chance and Kaden Carter won. Okay. Yeah, serviceable match. This I got nothing much to say about this match. This match was very similarly similarly built to Case versus Ricochet la, in the sense that the a main roster person just randomly showed up and challenged for the belt. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of quality, it was alright. It wasn't like a five-star match or anything like that. I don't think it was a three-star match, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's right. It's invisible. Mm. Yeah. Um, if I'm being generous, I guess it's a 2.5. La. Yeah. Okay, I would agree with that. 2.5 is fine. Like just a jazz pass. Um, yeah. what I think they need to do with Nikki SH is because of a losing streak, she needs to a big win. She needs to be. I want them to do. Do do you know? I I, I of course you know like, You know the killing joke, right? Yeah. I want, you want her to, her to lose. No, I want a one bad day storyline with Nikki SH, the almost superhero. Oh. You know, she's representing purity and everything, and then she turns back into uh, Nikki Cross. Man, I miss Nikki Cross. Hmm. 
do a one bad day storyline with Nikki ASH. You know, she gets pushed to the brink and then she returns to her feral self. Yeah, which was kind of the best of her work so far. It was the best of sanity. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry to like everyone else. Maybe it outlasted fucking sanity. Absolutely, yeah. yes, yes, it did. Allah sent it. And yeah. remember the um, match here with Asuka, the ladders match? Oh, brilliant. Jeez, a fourth count anyway match. Yeah, yeah, anyway yeah. match. I mean, but there were a lot yeah. of ladders involved. Yes, there were a lot of ladders <laughs> involved, yeah. No rules. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, uh, that, that's, that's my thoughts on uh, Nikki ASH. I think that's where they should go for on the main roster. I agree. Um, anyways, next up, we have the Unification title match, NXT World Championship against the NXT UK Championship. Tyler Bate versus Braun Breaker. Before we get into the match, I loved Tyler Bates' walkout. He was walking through the, the hall of um the hall of accomplishments or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. He sees footage of all the people who've won the belt. It's a good way to put over the very short but very impressive lineage of the NXT UK championship. You know? Yeah. He walks past himself winning the first time. Yeah. He walks past uh Pete Dunn winning yeah. it from him. He walks past uh Walter winning it from Pete Dunn. Uh he walks past Ilya Dragunov, who won it from Walter. And then he walks past himself, winning it from Ilya Dragunov. Uh, and I and love that. Uh, yeah, and I love that. You know, uh, he said that the UK title started with him and it ended with him, and it really does end yeah. with him here. Um, but I, I love the walkout. You know, um, you look looking at that Hall of Mirrors or Hall of um, Accomplishments or whatever, right? Don't you think that the NXT UK title, even though it's only been around for a very short time, has an incredible lineage uh, with amazing matches? Hell yes! Like I mean. And we're not even talking about the times that the the, the title is defended on other promotions. Yeah. Correct. Right. I, I mean, honestly, Correct. look at look at the pedigree of champions. You have Pete Dunne, you have Tyler Bate, you have Walter, Ilya Dragunov. These are all top names in yes. terms of talent, in terms of uh, in terms of the ability to really have a five to seven star match. You know. Bangers. Like yeah. the UK title, uh, the UK title has been defended. Matches that the UK title has been involved in has been banger after banger. We've always mm-hmm. raved about it after. I cannot remember like a really bad UK title match. Like, it's always been match of the year contender. It's, yeah, exactly. You know, and that, that because of how protected, you know, they they, they kept the belt you know, to to make sure that every match that this belt is involved in is epic mm. shit. Like mm. it comes with that. Authority and weight. Someone is the most beautiful belt that WWE has in its entire roster. Yes, compared to the you know, rest of the boring ass WWE belts, right? I I think the North American title is quite pretty as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, if, but then second still compared to the, the 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 UK Championship belt. I think the UK Championship belt has that feeling of of uh, prestige and regalness that that uh, a lot of the belts that WWE has kind of lacking. Uh. It's the opposite of the Spinner belt. Uh. Yes, yes, hundred percent. Yeah, yes, uh, it feels uh, legitimate. It does, and it has that old, uh, like the old big gold kind of vibe, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, a uh, great, great uh, way to 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 kind of highlight how important the UK belt has been in its short life. So sad. Though. Absolutely. Um, what do you think about the match itself, Tyler Bate versus Braun Breaker? I actually thought this was better than his versus uh Ricochet. Uh no, dude, this is match of the night for me, man. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Like, Tyler Bate, again, proves why he's one of the best UK wrestlers out there. Yeah, and, and, and Braun Breaker also proves why so many people are so high up on him, considering he has such a, 
a short tenure. You know, he hasn't been wrestling for long. He's very, very green. But for someone mm-hmm. who is like one, two years into his career, Braun Breaker looks amazing. Oh, then he picked it up fast. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Tyler Breaker... Bid carried Braun Breaker to his best match so far, in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. Uh, yeah. I mean, even throughout the match, right? I mean, I kind of knew that Braun was going to win. Yep. But there was like a part of me that really wanted Bid to win. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. I was really, I was really torn. At, this I was mean, your Mikos at Tomorrow moment. Lah. Yeah, and my God, I was like, I love this guy so much. You know, like, I it would be so awesome like if he actually pulled off an upset. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know it's weird because like Tyler B is a clearly the more experienced wrestler and all that. Lah. And mm-hmm. Bron the green guy, you know, but because of, you know, how Bron has been built and all that, Tyler is therefore the yep. underdog. Lah. And, you know, so whatever it is, yeah, it, it was a match that I really enjoyed way way to end the night you know like it was so fun mm-hmm. honestly and yeah breaker unifying the belts and all that closing the, the the chapter of the uk belt i thought was a beautifully done story yes i, I agree i thought it was a beautifully done match as well um i i did say that tyler Bate carried brown breaker a bit but you know a match it takes two hands to clap yeah, if brown breaker wasn't as good wasn't as good as he is the match wouldn't be as good as it's it as it is right now la. i think brown breaker is a deserving champion don't get me wrong i just wish he was tyler Bate. La. Yeah, me too. Same as you, same as you, you know. Yeah, Uh, boy, uh, the future looks bright for WWE, even on the NXT front as well. Um, Do you know how old uh, Tyler Beat is? He should be 24 or something like that. He's 25 this year. He will be 25 in a couple of months. There we go. I just remember that Um, when I started watching him, he was like 19 or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, Isn't it crazy? Because it feels like Tyler Beat has been around forever. Yeah, it does. But that's because he's he's been around since... You the the fucking uh wait where did we first see? Was we saw him in, in uh, any, yeah the uh, no we saw him at the NXT UK um championship tournament where he beat Pete Dunne in finals. Oh yeah 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 correct correct yeah 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 and yeah, he, he was nineteen at the time. Yeah oh my god yeah it's quite beautiful that he was the first and he was the last champion. Mm, absolutely yeah. yeah the division was pretty much built around him and Pete Dunne and Walter and Ilya Dragunov and guys like that lah. Yeah to make the amazing. UK show- entertaining and really formidable absolutely man um Braun Breaker funnily enough is actually the same age as Tyler Bate oh wow yeah except that Braun Breaker has only been wrestling for like a year and Tyler Bate has been wrestling since he was 14 years old yeah Yeah, it's crazy that they like one has like 10 years of experience and one has one year of experience and they're the same age exactly how bad is that yeah you know, um, every time I think that like you know they're wasting time on Tyler Bate or they should have called him up sooner, blah blah blah. I keep thinking, oh yeah, he's only twenty five, like he has like twenty more years in his career. Like you, you, you can take your time with if him. If he's well managed, yeah, he will have that, that that amount of time. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, congrats to NXT for 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 a good show here. Uh, Worlds Collide. Uh, a great afternoon of matches. Uh, a nice, um, appetizer for AEW All Out. You know. Um, so let's move on to. The business side of things. Oh, okay. For, uh, NXT. You know, so for NXT. Um, what do you think about the decision to close down NXT UK? Uh, have it go on a brief hiatus and then repackage NXT UK as NXT Europe sometime in 2023? Um, I'm all I'm down for that because of the fact that it expands the UK. Uh, it expands it out of the UK. It will be more accessible mm-hmm. to you know, um, you know. Wrestlers that we've never heard of in Germany or in in Sweden, you know that kind of thing. Sure. Or whatever lah, you know European wrestlers lah. 
and to have uh, like Ilya Rogunov like Walter lah. Exactly. And to really But more have, of them lah. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And to yeah. really have a title that is fought in Europe called the European mm. title. Yeah. You know, and not just some gimmick that used to be a throwaway title back in uh, the days of uh, WWE. Yeah. I think that's quite interesting. I think I'm I'm down for that. Do you feel that NXT UK throughout its existence has been lost in the shuffle? Definitely. Mm. 100%, 100% lost in the shuffle because of just the, the sheer amount of wrestling we have to watch. How do they avoid that with NXT Europe? I mean, uh, honestly... Wouldn't it be the same as NXT UK again, lost in the shuffle, nobody watches yeah, it, but now because, except me. Yeah, yeah. I think literally you're the only one in, in, in this island that watches it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I feel that maybe because they are expanding the brand in a sense to mm-hmm. all of Europe, there might be a better uh, better amount of people watching it, you know, because, I don't know, maybe with, uh, if the roster is really like, you're adding 20 more percent of German bo- uh, wrestlers, 10% or, you know, whatever country, French wrestlers and all that, right? Like, mm-hmm. maybe because of his multi-nationality type thing going on, it might get more eyes on it because, you know, you're going to support your local star. Okay. But how, how, we um, our, our, how we support our Dante, right? Even though yes. he, he's in like now main event, I guess. Oh, Dante Chen. I, was, I, was, I, was, I thought you were talking about Dante Martin. I was like, huh? From Singapore? Uh, from AEW. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, no offense to Dante Chen, oh, no. he's a good wrestler. Like, but when you say Dante, like, the first name that comes to mind is Dante Martin. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Dante Martin from Singapore, I would be so proud of him. Traxxas. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Traxxas, Traxxas is now on uh, NXT level up. Yeah, level up. So yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe because it's Europe, maybe there are more eyes on it. Like. Maybe... Therefore, having the chance to be bigger than NXT UK itself. Did you watch uh, Triple H's interview with Ariel Helwani? Uh, I I saw the highlights. I only caught like a minute or two of it. So he did touch upon his plans for NXT. Lah, he's now that he's finally in charge. He's finally going to put his plans into place. You know, he was uh, planning to do NXT Europe is the first step, yeah, and then yeah, he's yeah. saying in twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five he's going to expand to NXT Japan, NXT India. Uh-huh. NXT Mexico, etc. His his plan is in five years time. This is this is his five year plan. His uh-huh. plan is to have um within five years host a World Cup and NXT World Cup where the champions of each brand would compete in a tournament at the end of the year. Like that, are you that, are you that, down? That, I'm down with that, man. I mean that is a great idea. Yeah, but I think this is not the first time he kind of voiced this out though. No, no. He's voiced this out many times. Yeah. It's just that he wasn't in a position that he is now that he can finally do it. Oh my god. That kind of makes sense though and that would be an epic kind of tournament. Yeah. If you, I mean, India, you have 1 billion people there, you know. Absolutely. You yeah. know. Um, NXT China, NXT Japan, NXT Mexico, NXT Europe, NXT, and the main NXT, though, of course. I feel this can work if they yep. work with the local promotions there also. Correct, yes. Yeah. Like, you don't want to cannibalize too much as well. You want to have partners because, you know, you've got schools, you've got gyms, you've got all these places churning out these wrestlers and you mm. want them on as partners rather than you kill, you know, that country's uh, budgeting 
wrestling um, uh, ecosystem. Ecosystem, yeah. Yeah. Um. So I mean, one instance. This is just for for example. Uh, Triple H was saying that he was planning to buy Pro Wrestling Noah, and turning that into NXT Japan. Japan. So you know, it's not like he's cannibalizing NGPW or Stardom or so many other promotions. He just want to buy one promotion, use their roster, and maybe mm. sign you know one or two stars from other other promotions into NXT Japan. Like, and that is the for that's the formula that's going to build. Like. So if he moves to India, he's probably going to buy over a local promotion that already exists and utilize their talent. Like. That's not a bad idea. Maybe yeah. you go to uh, what's his name? What's the what's Indian wrestler's name? Oh, what, Balian Aki. No, 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 the, the famous one in WWE. Um. Oh, uh, Great Kali. The Great Kali School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone in the Great Kali School is better wrestler than Great Kali. No, it's amazing, yeah. actually. I know. <laughs> I see the footage. It's hilarious that this guy is the yeah. coach. But then I think. Uh, they do benefit from the great Kali's experience in the WWE, lah. Yeah, the, yeah. The more the more the intangibles, like business, yeah, how yeah. to carry yourself, things Correct. like that, lah. Yeah, Which I, great I Kali agree to an extent really did well was carry himself, like he had a yeah. presence. You know, wrestling mm. maybe not his. Uh, he didn't wrestle really well, but he had a presence. Like this is a big ass motherfucker. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 I know okay. it sounds weird because uh, he's a big guy, therefore. But some big guys don't have that presence. You know what I mean? Almost. Like, like almost. Yeah, or Commander okay, Aziz. Like he's you know. huge. But yeah. yeah, exactly. Where they're huge yeah. but then don't have that presence, you know? Uh, like Braun Agreed. Strowman has the presence. You know, that kind of Agreed. big guy that is not afraid to, of being big. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, uh, yeah that's uh, for NXT lah. Yeah, uh, we we are finished with NXT and let's move on to All Elite Wrestling All Out 2022. Um, let's begin with the pre-show. Uh, now called Zero Hour, um, Tony Khan has taken the name from ROH and stopped with calling the pre-show the buy-in. Uh, and I think Zero Hour is a cooler name anyway, so let's begin with uh, AEW All Out Zero Hour, which began with Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello defending the, a- the AAA World Mixed Tag Team Championships against Ortiz yep. and Ruby Soho. Um, I actually really, really liked how, how Zero Hour began with just Sammy Guevara in the mm-hmm. middle of an interview and then getting run over by a buggy cart again. Pushing his wife out of the way though. Yeah, yeah. But but this running meme, right, has been going on for like, I don't know, since AW began of Sammy Guevara repeatedly getting run over by things. It's actually quite hilarious and I, I, I'm actually quite psyched that this kicked off the, uh, the Zero Hour. Um, <laughs> what do you think about the opening segment and the match itself? Uh, I love how cringe-worthy their interview was, right? Yeah. Purposefully done, uh, but beautifully mm-hmm. done, you know, it, it was really cringe to the max. And then, you know, you hear this horn and they are being interrupted and how frustrated they are and then out Santana, um, uh, sorry, Ortiz and uh, Soho just in this golf cart just ramming through the area. Beautifully yeah. done. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guevara really knows how to sell uh, getting hit by a cart. Like, mm-hmm. that was uh, that, that was like stuntman level, Jackie Chan level of like, uh, you know, stunt work. Lah. <laughs> Dude, this is like the fourth time he's done it. <laughs> he's clearly very good at it. He is, he is. And I like yeah. that you know he had the the, the 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 mind to push his partner away just as he gets hit you know and then he flies off really really nicely. Um, yeah, I mean I know it's safe. I mean I know they do it safely. They know how to do it. Yeah, but just the visual was very well done. 
Uh, and then you know Ruby Soho and uh, Ortiz were just carrying their bodies into the into the ring, right? Yeah, beautiful yeah. visuals there. Uh, the the match itself was fun. Um, okay, it wasn't like the best match I ever. It lasted like what five seven minutes something like that. Yeah, yeah. Quick, quick, quick stuff. Uh, good way to just do a kickoff show, lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Um, except. That this is the third time that we've seen this match. This is the rubber match. Um, yeah. Key and Sammy won the first time. Ortiz and Ruby won the second time. This is the rubber match. Therefore, it's for the AAA Mixed Tag mm-hmm. Team Championships. Um, this was a, 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 a whatever perfectly serviceable for a pre-show match. Yeah. Perfect for a pre-show yeah. match. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, next up though, uh, we move on to another title match. Yeah. Uh, moving on from Triple E to the FTW World mm. Championship match as uh, Mini Taz, the cold-hearted handsome devil, uh, El Diablo Guapo, Hook, <laughs> uh, takes on one of the Jericho Appreciation Society's uh, prominent members, Angelo Parker, accompanied by Matt Menard, the mm. sports entertainers, uh, what do you think about Hook versus Angelo Parker? And what do you think about Action Bronson, uh, who does the theme song for Hook uh, getting involved mm-hmm. in this? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, match itself was okay, not bad, or whatever. Lah. Uh, but the, the this is one of the longer like, matches that Hook... Sorry? Hook has been in, yeah. Uh, yep. But I really like the Action Bronson spot that came in. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Uh, but I yep. thought he looked good for, for a very yeah, short he, he segment. Yeah. Correct, yeah. Yeah. You know, you didn't overuse him and you didn't Mm -hmm. overexpose him to, you know, to someone who maybe cannot, you know, who is just a new guy at wrestling. I mean, I don't know what his uh, action buttons. Well, he's a chef and a rapper. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, I don't know what his uh, training in wrestling like. I just know that action Bronson, the the chef, action Bronson, the rapper, action Bronson, the celebrity. That's what I Correct. mean as la. And you know Him losing I mean you can see He looks trimmer Than he has ever been uh, mm-hmm. You know And he looks good Like he He actually looks like He's a wrestler He could be actually Yeah He has a very wrestler Type physique you know Yeah and I mean, Like a bam bam Or something you know? Yeah and he did a throw Which was quite impressive Yeah yeah I've seen way worse Celebrity interferences Than this la, who, People who look like They did not belong In a ring la. And Action Branson Actually carried himself well For the short portion That he was yeah, there Yeah exactly they didn't ask him to do much. He didn't need to do much, but it was enough to to get a nice little pop, la. Oh, Action Bronson is here supporting Hook. You know, he does the theme song and everything. They're friends. It's a nice little cameo, la, That that was perfectly worthy her pre-show. La. Agreed, beautifully done. Again, no issues with this. I'm, a, I'm, I. If for those of you who don't know, I'm a big Action Bronson fan. I really, really love Action Bronson. I used to watch him on, you know, um, on his Vice cooking channel yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, I, I have a bunch of his albums at home. I have one of his vinyls, you know. So yeah, I'm a big Action Bronson fan, and it popped me in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Angelo Parker and Matt Menard are the perfect people to sell for Action Bronson <laughs> because they're so cartoony. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, the the spots entertainers. Uh, yeah. Yep. 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 Love all, all of this. Um, maybe one day, maybe one day we can finally have that uh, AEW WWE Forbidden Door and we can have Action Bronson versus Bad Bunny. Oh, but Bad Bunny is actually quite good. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, Action Bronson would have to train really hard. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. To, to be in the in the ring with uh, someone like Bad Bunny, man. Maybe they could have a draw. La. Maybe they could have like a rap battle and then Action Bronson can win that one and then Bad Bunny beats him in a match. Sure, why not? In a, squ- in a squash. Right? Yeah, why not? 
Like Bad Bunny and the Miz versus Action Bronson and Hulk. Oh, that would be actually quite cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, stop, stop fantasy booking. This is too good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, this is a. Uh, this feels like BET Forbidden Door. <laughs> <laughs> just, just rappers wrestling uh, each other. Oh my god, it's like Def Jam. Fight for yeah, it's like Def Jam. It's like Def Jam. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my god, let's get Def Jam on this. <laughs> Uh, anyways, next up we have another championship match. Three championship yep. matches on the pre-show. The AEW All Atlantic title match. Pack takes on a reinvigorated, returning Kip Sabian, who has been stalking Pack across the world. Yep. Um, Pack has been defending the All Atlantic Championship across various promotions mm-hmm. as a bit of an AEW ambassador in Japan, in Britain, in uh, Indies, all across many continents. And Kip Sabian has been stalking him. He's been sitting in the audience wearing a bag over his mm-hmm. head. That reads uh, underrated and over it. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, Kip Sabian attacks uh, Pack a couple of weeks ago, leading up to this All Atlantic title match. What do you think about um, the very um, almost grassroots build to this Whoa. match? And what do you think about the match itself? This was fun. Uh, yep. Two high flyers. Uh, aerial skills, awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great exchanges here and there. Uh, I think um, Kip Sabian's coming back from injury, is it? Um, no, he just hasn't been used by AEW oh. for a long time, so he's been working the indies. Like. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That, that's, that's the one thing about AEW that I think I like over WWE is that if you're not using talent, at least you allow them to earn an income by working indies. Yeah. Like, where WWE doesn't allow you to do and that, and that keeps them so, in, in kind of like in a good shape, la. keep them in good shape, yeah. is that keeps them sharp, keeps them, you know, keeps uh, look good in the ring. Yeah, he looks really good. He looks reinvigorated. This is almost his reintroduction to the AEW audience because he hasn't been used in over yeah, yeah, two years yeah. right now. Exactly. So yeah, uh, I I thought he, he looked great. Uh, of course, Black Arrow coming at you. There's no way you're gonna kick out of that lah. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think Kip Sabian is is correct in in his whatever is written on his uh, paperback lah. He is very underrated. He is. Uh, he is actually a very one of the better British wrestlers out there that the AEW has not utilized at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that he's finally kind of getting back in the mix right now. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And it's difficult to get a bad match out of Pack. Um, uh, yeah. especially, especially if your opponent is as good as Kip Sabian is. Uh, they will always deliver a very solid, good, good, maybe not great, but this was a good match. Uh, one of the better matches of the night, actually. Um, yeah, I really like that. What do you think about Orange Cassidy coming out to challenge Pack after that? Mm-hmm. Playing off the whole history, you know? That was cute. Yeah. Uh, I like that you know because uh, best friends and then Hausen was there, right? And then on yes. the other side was a uh, Death Triangle, right? Correct. And did it seem like uh, the brothers didn't really want to fight? Yeah. Right. The 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 beef is primarily between Orange Cassidy and Pack, which this was the this was uh, Orange Cassidy's first feud in AEW way back in the day when Pack was accusing Orange Cassidy, "Oh, you can't work, etc." You know, you're just a comedy joke gimmick, etc. Um, Orange Cassidy proved to Pack that he is not. Yeah. And like three years later, they're rekindling this feud. Yeah, sure. I think this is a good time to rekindle this feud because both wrestlers are at a at a kind of a point. Like, uh, Peck is more of like a he's holding the mid cut down really well. Yeah. With the All Atlantic title and all that stuff, and a lot of the stuff he's been doing with the uh, Death Triangle. Uh, mm. and Orange Cassidy has really moved up, like five thousand notches, you know, to become uh, a main eventer of sorts. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's kind of a good time to reintroduce this feud again, I feel. Absolutely. And I, the thing I love the most is that when Orange Cassidy came out to Jane and everything, mm-hmm. and um, Peck just looked at Orange Cassidy and then says, no, and then he walked away. 
uh, there was there was there was a big like laughter from the audience. I laughed myself. At yeah, 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 yeah. Like he was about to challenge and then pack the scraps. Mike's like, no, and he walks away. <laughs> I I often wonder why more wrestlers don't do that. Like if they don't want to fight someone, just like no lah. Yeah lah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, I I really love I that. Uh, any, anyways, we move on to the main event of the pre-show. Highlight of the pre-show might even be one of the better matches of the night. Yeah. To be honest. We have the rematch between Eddie, King- Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii who first faced off at Capital Collision back in May under the NGPW banner. This one is under the AEW banner. Uh, what do you think about Eddie Kingston versus Tomohiro Ishii? The Stone Pitbull. Okay, honestly, ex- I honestly expected... Again, this one of those matches you can imagine in your head what you're going to get. And I think they delivered mm. exactly that. You know what I yeah. mean? It is going to be a lot of chest chopping a lot yes. of like hit butting, you know? yeah. A lot of ways that they're gonna punish each other with their fists, you know. Mm, uh, these are brawlers, these are fighters. Yeah, right? exactly. And and yeah. both delivered exactly what I expected it to be. Um, yes. Interesting that K- Kingston managed to get the win out of them, uh, but uh, because he lost the last time against Ishii. Yeah. Uh, but uh, again, it was quite long. Actually, this was the longest match on the the pre-show, I think. This match deserved to be that long. No, it did. Yeah, twenty minutes, I think. And yep. Uh, good. Like like I said again, when you give me a twenty minute match, means you're letting it breathe. You're letting both mm. guys really showcase what they can do, and that's yep. something that this match did for both Ishii and Kingston. Uh, yep. I, 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 I mean, Kingston deserved the win. I feel, uh, even though I, I, I love Ishii like, You know, Stone Pitbull has always been my guy since like, you know, back ten years ago when I saw him. Yeah. Uh, Ishii is just returning the favor. Like Ishii beat him in NGPW and Kingston beats him in AEW. Yeah, like they, all, they both have wins on home yeah. ground. I think it sets up a trilogy fight between them down the road. Sure, why not? This was fun. Yeah. I like it. I also love that Kingston uh, Kingston is a big AGPW fan, uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling oh. fan. Uh, you know, he's coming out with like uh, AGPW gear and all of that, sort of trying to get into the head of Ishii. Uh, you know, he's saying that I, I walk further down the King's Road because I'm an all Japan guy. New <laughs> Japan is just like, you know, a, a cheap knockoff for all Japan and all that. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows the history of yeah, yeah, Japan yeah. and Japan, like historic rivals. So I really like that little bit for the hardcore fans out there to to chew into. Um, this was a good, hard hitting, slobber knockoff of fight, mm. as all Eddie Kingston matches are. Um, I think Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii were like backstage before this match watching Gunther versus Sheamus and was like, yeah, let's try to top that. Let's try uh, at least, you know. Because <laughs> this feels like, you know, that, that kind of match. Uh, like Gunther, uh, Gunther uh, Sheamus, uh, uh, Eddie Kingston and Ishii and uh, Suzuki. These are those type of guys uh, who, ju- who you don't want wrestling moves from them. You want them to fucking punch and chop each other. That's all I want. Yeah. Yeah, I want them to fight. I want this to, I want this to feel like a real fight. Mm-hmm. And, and it felt like a real fight. Um, yeah, that's all quite well. Ishii is always good. Yeah. Eddie Kingston is always good. They have a particular style, very gritty war of attrition type style that isn't pretty to watch, but it feels visceral and yeah. And has its place. This, this yeah. Has its place, exactly. This was it. Um, let's move on though to the main card of AEW All Out. It begins with a casino ladder match, uh, which was done Royal Rumble style with two men beginning and then there is a two-minute countdown clock and a competitor yep. will enter one after the other lah, up until the eighth man who is the Joker. Um, participants included Wheeler Utah and Phoenix to kick it off and then it was Rouge, Andrade and then Claudio Castagnoli and then the other Dante, Dante Martin hey. uh, fo- followed by Pentagon, Sierra uh, Miedo um, and then followed by the Joker. Uh, before we talk about the Joker which plays into the main event later on um, what do you think about the match up until then? 
Okay. Hmm. Before the Joker came out, lah, right? Before the Joker came out, what you think about all the stuff that happened? Awesome, actually. Like I, okay. I thought there was a okay. Again, this is just the usual. Put everybody together. Sport, sport fest, fest lah. So yeah. as an opener, no problem with that because you know a lot of action, a lot of you know high flying stuff. You know, mm. you got Dante fucking one corner there. You got Ray Phoenix on another corner. You know, uh, so it was fun for what it was. But then, um, yeah, I I feel that it was just enough time. It wasn't too, too long. It didn't overstay its welcome. I feel. Andrade sunset flip powerbomb oh, off the top Jesus of the ladder Christ. onto the dripping ladder looked brutal, especially for Andrade. I think who landed on his uh, dick yeah. on, the, on on the dripping ladder. Uh, Andrade looked like in so much more pain than the other guy. Okay. Um, Ray Phoenix's frog splash onto the table from the top of the table outside mm. from the top rope on the inside Can, was spectacular. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's something you expect from Phoenix like, all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. uh, Dante Martin looked amazing here. <laughs> I mean, Dante, Dante Martin, give him a ladder. You think he's a high flyer without a ladder? I mean, he. I think he won. He won up all the other high flyers in this match, yeah. which included four luchas, by the way. <laughs> um, the hang time that Dante Martin gets is incredible. Um, I have some bones to pick sure. about the psychology at first. Oh, okay. um, the psychology. fact that Wheeler, the fact that you know, um, Rush took his time entering the ring as someone was climbing the ladder reminded me of Mustafa Ali and Brock Lesnar back in Money in the Bank. <laughs> okay, yes, but that was a really cool mask, though. I know, I know, but he just like <laughs> this guy is climbing the ladder, bro. Like, show some urgency. <laughs> Then like Willa Utah has to like you know like fumble around the ladder like buying time. It really reminded me of Mustafa Ali and Brock Lesnar. Oh my god, you're right. Now that you think about yeah, it is actually yeah, you're right. It it also really reminded me of um Jeff Hardy doing the dance down the ring while his brother was getting beaten up. You know, like what guys run down run run. Hmm. The guy the guy is about to climb. You know, you're gonna lose. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna yeah, lose because uh, of your entrance. Exactly, you know. It would be actually it would have been hilarious if Willow Utah just grabbed it and it was like fuck you, like, you know. <laughs> and you're and you're taking for... and someone he's in BCC, and... right? It kind of makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck your tranquilo lah. I got the I got the thing already. <laughs> yeah, I won already. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> that was a waste of entrance right there. Yeah, I know. Um, you should really end a match like that one day, you know. They really should. If you really want to have a sports element to it, right? Yeah. Like, what? The guy's still coming in. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Anyways. Um. The match was a, a fun spot fest that lacked psychology. Yeah. Um. As most other matches are, yeah. especially in AEW. Yeah. And with, with only the Joker remaining to enter, mask goons rushed the ring and took down the poker chip of victory. Uh. The the giant. Uh. The giant yeah, poker yeah, chip yeah. on top. Of course, you know. Um. The mask people were revealed to be Stokely Hathaway's yep, yep. faction. Uh, if you've been watching AEW recently, he's been spending the past few months recruiting a bunch of people, yes. W. Morrissey, yep. Ethan Page, Lee Moriarty, yep. the S-Boys. Yep. They all came down, swarmed the ring, um, basically beat down all the competitors. Stokely Hathaway went to the top, grabbed the poker chip, uh, and handed it off to the Joker, who came out dressed like Satan, mm-hmm. wearing wearing a devil's mask and a black hoodie. A Rolling Stone sympathy uh, for the devil playing. How cool was that? No, that, that, one, that one's at the end. He didn't play for the entrance. No, at the uh, end, yeah. yeah. Yes, correct, correct. Uh, so this one left you in a bit of suspense because the the surprise masked man at the end who won the casino ladder match didn't didn't choose to unveil himself. Yep. At this moment, what do you think? Before, before you know. Okay, honestly, I, every... I didn't know who he was at first mm-hmm. until he came off the ring. 
And then okay. he walked next to one of the wrestlers. I can't remember who was next to him. But like mm-hmm. a, but then like the height thing caught me a bit. His height. Yeah. His height, his swagger and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah the swagger and the height and the walk, right? I was like, hey, I think that's MJF. Yeah, same. I was like, yep, that's NGF for sure. Because of yeah. the height. If it wasn't because of the height, I wouldn't know. But because yep. the guy was legitimately a lot shorter. And just yeah. that, he did that swagger like for a second and he caught himself, I think. Yep. So then yep. I was like, that's MGF. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then, yeah, then I was like, okay. Then I just like, I mean, I, I wasn't like 100% sure, but I was like maybe 90% sure by then. I was like, ah, I can't wait to see who, the big reveal, uh. It's a pretty safe bet at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, and then everything started running through my head. I was like, oh my god. Like, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> like, him coming back and all that, you know? There were a few options for returns for me, like, in my opinion. Sure. It could have been uh, it could have been Adam Cole. 100%. Uh, who has been out for a while. It could be Samojo, who has been out for a while. Adam, uh, Samojo returned later, so they eliminated okay. him from the list of suspects. So I thought that it was also, might have been Adam Cole because of the height, but then he wasn't as skinny as Adam Cole. Yeah, based on the based on body type, yeah. based on the logic of the story, yes. it didn't make sense for it to be Adam Cole. Correct, correct. Yeah, because Adam Cole has his own faction; he doesn't need Stokely Hathaway. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, very interesting, uh, tease uh up front here, a bit of a, a bit of a mystery, a bit of an intrigue mm-hmm. to kick off the pay per view. Next up, though, we have the finals of the AEW World mm. Trios Tournament. Uh, for the vacant AW World Trios titles, the elite made up of Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson, accompanied by Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa, getting into their first fight of the night against the Dark Order made up of Alex Reynolds and John Silver, accompanied by their new de facto leader, uh, Hangman Adam Page, who also was in his first uh, fight of the night. Um, before we get into the finals of the AW Trios tag team titles, I don't want to talk about Baxter Drama yet. I want to talk about the Trios tournament itself. Yeah. What do you think about the trio tournament? Uh, I think there was moments where it was really, you know, kept you in intrigued, like, You know, when like, uh, Death Triangle lost, right? House of Black, House lost. of Black lost, you know, and then like United Empire, you know, yeah, kind of like surprised like uh, winners and all that. But I yeah. think we also came, we kind of expected these two tag teams to be the last two. Best story, like I said. Yeah, you know, remember? Yeah, we, we, we talked about it and we, we, we came to agreement that the story would be served really well if these were the two tag teams in the finals. Mm-hmm. And again, the match itself was all right. It was... Bro, I thought this match was fucking fire. No, no, no. I mean, I but I kind of... I don't know. Maybe it's because I, I, I don't know. It, it I felt that it was... No, no. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, wait, uh, we, but like we are talking about the tournament right oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's, sorry, let's, sorry. let's talk about yeah, the tournament. Yeah. So, first. the tournament like, what, itself, what you think I about felt, the tournament? uh, serviced the story really well. Like, mm. uh, it swerved here and there because that's how a tournament should be, la. like, you know, unexpected winners, you know, uh, that kind of thing. By the end of the day, uh, the journey led us to this too, la. and I'm okay with that, honestly. How do, how, what were your favorite matches in the match uh, of the tournament? Oh, the United Empire one. That was one of my favorites. Hi. Sorry. Because of one of the unexpectedness of it, lah. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. Uh. Then uh, the House of Black lost as well. 
Okay. Yeah, again, it was just the unexpectedness of it. La, that okay. I enjoyed. La. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Um, Amazing. Okay, I thought some of the best matches of the tournament, right, were Death Triangle versus United Empire to kick it off. That's the one. Where would, Death Triangle lost. Yeah, that's the one I really, really like. Incredible. Uh, the Elite versus La Faction in Gnome Bernabe. Oh, I forgot about that. First, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one also. Uh, I actually in the f- thought that uh, in Gnome Bernabe might have taken it. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, no lah. That was Kenny Omega's return. Nah, that's true too. That was uh, Kenny Omega's big uh, returning match, you know, so he couldn't have lost. I really, actually, really, really liked how Kenny Omega sold his injuries in that match. He's clearly 100%, but he's pretending not to be 100%. Mm. Um, the way that he tried to do the, you know, you can't escape, and then he uh, fell off the yep. ropes and everything. Yeah. Um, very intentional botches, yeah. Um, I thought were very, uh, very cleverly done to make us assume that he came back too early. Um, I really, really liked the elite versus uh, United Empire was probably the match of the tournament, uh, particularly because of the Kenny Omega Will Osprey showdown. Um, I thought that was poor boy. Um, one of the best matches of the month, sure. in my opinion. Yeah, that was that was outstanding. Uh, Dark Order versus Best Friends was a really clever match as well. That started as a comedy match and then escalated into oh. an incredible wrestling yeah, match. Yeah, that was good too. Yeah. Um, this tournament for all intents and purposes for match for match just for match quality has been outstanding mm-hmm. uh, particularly with all the elite matches and all the United Empire matches and surprisingly it's uh, actually quite tight as well like mm-hmm. you, you, you expect trios matches to be quite crazy also yeah but most of them have been actually very very detailed and very psychologically sound yep. yeah yeah uh, Yeah. so I think as a tournament this has been quite successful to introduce the idea of the trios belts yep. With very excellent matches, uh, holding it down, like anchoring it, leading up to this finals between the Elite and Dark Order and Hangman Page. Uh, obviously, the story is that the third member of the Dark Order, uh, Preston Benz, injured his knee mm. in the match against uh, Best Friends. So he had to be, he had to be taken out, and yeah. then Evil Uno replaced him, only for Evil Uno to get beat down by La Faction in Nobunables, selling his neck. So they needed a replacement member. Hangman Adam Page stepped up. Uh, at first, at Hangman and Page didn't want to be a mem- to be a part of the trio's tournament. He was offered uh, a spot by the Young Bucks as their third member. He refused because he wanted to support Dark Order. But now that Dark Order really needed him, he stepped in. He became the third man, mm-hmm. um, which led up to the long simmering return of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Hangman Page yep. on opposite sides. But this time in a very different way. This time in a more friendly way. In fact, the story of the match was Hangman Page. At times, showing a bit too much sympathy for the injuries of Kenny Omega uh-huh. and for the injuries of the Young Bucks. You, yeah. know, you know, one of them selling his back since uh, NJPW, right? You know, protecting him and everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, Hangman Page showing concern was uh, for the Young Bucks and the miscommunication of Dark yeah. Order, them being a relatively new tag exactly. team, cost uh, Dark Order the match. <laughs> um, I, I thought this match was so. Second best match of the night. Yes, so um, this, was, this was five stars for me. I love this match. This was incredible storytelling in my opinion. No, that's what I was going to go towards as well. I was going to say yep. that even though there's not much like crazy high-flying stuff thrown in, right? Or spot uh-huh. fest or whatever. Like, there are some really good spots, definitely. Yep. <coughs> I thought that the, the psychology of the match, the, the, the story of the match was what anchored this match down. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, I thought they told a really good story throughout this match. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you know, I found it enjoyable. Mm. Yeah. I mean, 
it was it wasn't like you know it wasn't heavy on like the hot tags it wasn't heavy on the uh like you know super big spots and all that it was more focused on the story of uh hangman page and the elite la. and i saw and also and also on hangman pages uh miscom with with his guys as well yep. like there were there were moments where i mean obviously at the end la, you know when he lariated uh, uh, silver, uh, silver instead, lah. Right. Yep. Yeah. So that was like the combination of all that miscoms, lah. Um, yep. and therefore the more experienced, the more, uh, the guys that have been together the longest were the ones that take the win, lah. So yeah. Therefore, that's why I enjoyed it as well, lah. But what do you disagree with? Sorry. I thought that there were a lot of big high spots and a lot of big uh hot tags. <laughs> really? Okay. I mean, John Silver getting the hot tag, running around the ring, just uppercutting everyone was incredible. Yeah, was they, they, I thought they reserved that kind. There wasn't that many of those kind of things. You see, that's what I mean. Like they really, okay. they really. It was like when they did it, it really impacted the entire match. You know what I mean? Okay, I okay. I I guess I know what you're saying. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't say that there were no there were. I was I just saying that the the hot tags were reserved for really important. Points lah. Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah, as it should be. Exactly. I did also think that this was a very spot fest match. I don't know what you mean by there were not that many high spots. I don't know. I I felt it was. I mean, every young bucks match is a spot fest match, lah. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, no, but maybe it, maybe I, you're I, just desensitized I, to it, lah. Maybe maybe that's why. I I I don't know. Maybe I just felt that, uh, it was not as spots heavy spots heavy as a usual young bucks match. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. I love the constant progression of Kenny Omega here. He first Same. he came out wearing the, the compression shirt, bandaged up, and everything. Yeah. This is his first match without the compression shirt, yeah. without the bandages, showing that you know he's so slowly shaking off the ring rust. He's not hundred anymore. He's one hundred percent. Uh, Kenny Omega finally, for like her better term, went all out here after kind of holding himself back for the past two sure. matches. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, he showed a bit more of himself against Bo Osprey just because it was such a hot feud mm-hmm. uh, that's been bubbling up for such a long time, you know, over uh, the NJPW sports, who was the better Gaijin, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, um, top guy in the NJPW and all of yeah. that. So that was very well built. This was also a very well built story too, leading up to a very good match in the end. The Elite was probably the predictable winner of the of the cup of the championship, yeah. but I didn't mind it. You know, predictable isn't always bad. I think the Elite is the logical choice. For, for this trios tournament, uh, what what do you think? Do no, you, yeah, I was fine. The fact, yeah, you didn't think that because it was predictable, it it, it dragged out no, the, no, no, the no, suspense no, of the no, tournament. No, no. It didn't. Okay, because again, the story was so well told, mm-hmm. and that I feel was more important than you know predictable endings or whatever lah. The logic yep. was sound. The 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 story was well told. Uh, everything in the ring made sense. So yeah, mm-hmm. I I love the way that. Uh, the elite got the win. Now. It was really again a miscom by the hangman. He wasn't. Uh, it's through no fault of anybody. Just the inexperience of one team being the thing that held them back. Now. And also, um, um, hangman might be a bit you know sim- too sympathetic towards his opponents. His former now. friends. Yeah. 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 It was a yeah catch twenty two for him now. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So uh, I think this was the second best match on the night in my opinion. Yeah. I can agree. Uh, the next three matches, though, I feel should have been maybe shifted to Dynamite or Rampage. Uh, yeah. uh, but we had Jade Cargill defending the AWTBS title match against Athena. Uh, Jade Cargill's She-Hulk cosplay was really fun, was, though. Yeah. Uh, Athena's uh, handmade, home-built 
Angel Wings for her entrance was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the match itself was a bit meh. meh. Uh, next up, we have Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah. Uh, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin. Uh, accompanied by Sanam Singh and Sanjay mm-hmm. Dutt taking on FTR, Cash Wheeler and Dex Howard. Uh, and the TNT champion Wardlow mm-hmm. in a six-man tag team match. Sure. Uh, um, this was also hastily built. It was supposed to be Jay Lethal and Sanam Singh and Sanjay Dutt taking on FTR and Wardlow, but he replaced the other two with his longtime friends from Impact Wrestling, the Motor City Machine Guns. Yep. Uh, the story of this match was essentially the Jay Lethal faction making fun of uh, Dex Howard's, you know, uh, kid. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the fight like an 80-year-old girl, you know, uh, famously, you know, her, his 80-year-old uh, daughter has a heart condition. She fought through it. Yeah. That's why Dex Howard had made that shit, you know. Yeah. Fight like an 80 year old girl, which you know, uh, all the 100% of the proceeds goes goes to uh, heart, um, health and heart charities like for people yeah. su- suffering from heart conditions and all of that. Uh, so yeah, this was a, a bit of a heel angle to help sell that shit. It ended with uh, FTR and Wattlow winning, and uh, the FTR's kid, uh, the daughter, came out the 80 year old girl to nice. pin to pin Sanjay that in a in a very heartwarming, wholesome moment. What do you think about all this? Um. Yeah, I'm fine with it, honestly. Okay. Uh, yeah. But one of the more important, I feel, maybe because of the daughter angle, right? Yep. That's why it's on all out. Yep. But honestly, if there was no daughter angle, this would have been a really good uh, dynamite match. Yeah, I would have put it on rampage. This was. <laughs> I mean, one. I mean, a, a, a weekly show, lah. You know. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. To end off the weekly show, this would be an awesome, awesome match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if this was to be an all-out match, either do Jay Lethal versus Wardlow for the TNT exactly. Championships or Motor City Machine Guns versus FTR, which would be a first-time matchup for the ROH Tag Team belt. Which makes sense for uh, a fucking all-out. Yeah, this seems like a very disposable match in my opinion. Uh, the next match was not a disposal match. Uh, Powerhouse Hop takes on Ricky Starks in a very well-built It was, team. right? Ricky Starks, you know, came out, you know, he delivered the babyface promo of the year. Powerhouse Hop. Uh, clubbed him from behind re-injures his neck you know uh-huh. and they've been going back and forth exactly. with some really really good promos on Dynamite you know only for it to be wasted in um what a five minute oh, match so uh, where Hobbs where Hobbs essentially squashed Ricky Starks what do you think about all this and, and why was it done this way no time I guess you know there are so many other matches to go through after this you know that's not true um, apparently oh, uh, all the all the dead sheet guys have been saying that Hobbs and Starks were given about 15 minutes for this match. Ah. They elected to end the match early and I don't know why. Did someone get injured? I mean, if someone gets injured, then that makes sense. Lah. It's the it's the same thing for Jake Cargill and Afina. They elected to end their match early. So there, there, there were two matches. There, there were two matches, uh, Jake Cargill and Afina and Powerhouse Hops and Ricky Starks. Uh, they were given a lot of time. They were supposed to, but the wrestlers elected to end it early. Um, a lot of people may have missed this bit of dirt sheet news because of everything else yeah, that yeah, happened yeah. later on. Lah. But... Yeah, like, well, why do you think this was done this way? Okay. Why did the rest... For Jade versus think it was an injury? Athena, I think it yeah. made sense because the match was kind of dull. Yeah, yeah, and Jade needed to squash people. Like, yeah. That's her whole gimmick, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that ended... I thought, okay, la, the, bet, the faster, the better. Um, but I, this match required time, yeah, the story that be... they were telling. They had very talented people in the ring as well. I honestly thought this was going to be like a 20-minute match, you know? Correct. Like, Same. really, like, the feud has been built so well, like, these two guys really hate each other now, you know? From mm. being the bestest of friends, okay, maybe not, not according to Hobbs, because uh, he said that he actually just was using Starks to get the title. Uh. Uh, yep. But whatever it is, you know, it was still that, that was beautifully built up for the past few weeks. 
And so I really wanted a a, a solid like 15 to 20 minute match and it would, it would be awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when it ended pretty not prematurely, I mean there was a finish and all uh, But yep. Ended so shortly, I was like, wow, that that was that was so unsatisfying. Yes. Yeah, I mean yeah. honestly, that didn't make sense yep. for them to unless injury. If really there was an injury between one of them, that that makes sense. But then if not, this was a wasted opportunity. To really end mm. a very powerful feud, it was like a spine buster out of nowhere, and then a very antic yeah. finish to it. Though. Yeah, man, they're so wasted. I mean, I hope I mean not. I hope everybody's okay, lah. Honestly, me too. Yeah, yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. Next up, though, we had a match that had a lot of time, <laughs> like and in my match. opinion, yeah, match of the this night for all night. out. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm a bit sad that all the backstage drama took away of a shine from this, from this match. Yeah. This was such an incredible match between. Uh, shall we say black excellence in AEW? Sure. Uh, including the referee, I might add. There were five great black men in the ring yeah. right now, and they put uh, they put together an incredible match. Swerve in our Come glory, Keithley and Swerve Strickland, uh, defending the AEW World Tag Team Championships against everybody loves the acclaim, yeah. Anthony Bowens and Max Caster, accompanied by Daddy yes. Ass, <laughs> Billy Gunn, Sizzami Daddy, uh, and look. The acclaimed, right? Yeah. I'm I'm gonna throw this out sure. there. I'm not sure that anyone has mentioned this no, before. Yeah. Does the acclaimed remind you of New Age Outlaws back during the yes, Attitude Era? Yes, 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 yes. Like even before they came to the ring, they have like seven different things that are over: <laughs> the rap, the music, Sesame Daddy S, uh, insert name of city. Yep. The acclaimed have arrived. You no, know, that whole long spiel, yep. right? Reminds you of New Age Outlaws. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. Hundred percent. Okay, so I knew that everybody loved the acclaim. I knew that the scissor thing was the most over thing in AW at the moment. At the moment yeah. I'm including CM Punk in this. Yep. Scissor me, Daddy S is the most over thing in all of wrestling, in my opinion, right yeah. now. Um, what I did not know was that the acclaimed was so over with the live crowd. I knew that they were over, but Swerve in Our Glory, in the beginning of the match, had to switch streams and work heel it because did. the acclaimed was so over. It did. Yeah. God damn! I mean, Sesame Daddy has really put them over the top, like, as like the top tag team yeah. um in the, uh in in the world at the moment. To be honest, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, without a belt, uh, and I felt that Tony Khan had a missed opportunity to crown the acclaimed tag team champions here. In my opinion, 100%. I think this would, I think this would have been. I mean, the match itself was fire, fucking fire. Was. Uh, you know, I, um, I have not seen Keith Lee work heel before, and I now I think that Keith Lee can work heel because you know he's a big man. Now. Of course, he can Easy. work heel, right? And Swerve. Swerve has worked here a lot, so he has that demeanor for it. Mm-hmm. But Swerve and Our Glory were supposed to be the faces here, and the acclaim was supposed to be the heels. Yeah. And I love that, you know, like early in the match, Keefley and Swerve Strickland were smart enough to, to change tact. Like they suddenly started healing. Yeah, they had to. You know? They had to. Um, this was good professional wrestling from start to finish. I think the acclaimed uh, uh, two years ago, who would have thought? Anthony Bowens and Max Caster weren't even together. They were singles yeah, wrestlers yeah, yeah. who were put together randomly into the acclaim. And who would have thought just like 18 months later they would have been the most over team in the world at the moment with the most ridiculous gimmick with Billy Gunn managing them. Oh, yeah. This is the most like unheralded success story that AW has had like, is the acclaim. Yeah. Um, number one, what do you think about how the acclaim has gotten over? Number two, do you think the acclaim should have won this match? And number three, what do you think about the match itself? Okay, so I'm going to uh, do the order a bit wrong. I'm going to go talk about the match itself first. Okay, okay. The yeah, match yeah. itself I thought was really, really, really fire. Like this was yep. five stars for me. Yeah. Just the way that the action built up, right? Like all four men were crazy men in the ring. Like Swerve yep. 
Oh my god, how talented is Swerve, man? Mm, how talented are all four of these yeah, guys? Of course, yeah, of course, of course. But yeah. Swerve really is a loss to WWE, man. Like He's such a star. He, they shouldn't have let him go. And Hit, Hit Row is missing something about him, don't you think? I think so, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I still mm. love Hit Row as it is, but really, without Swerve, they're missing their ace, you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, But, and Swerve has that ability. I mean, Keith Lee himself is another huge personality, you know, mm-hmm. literally and figuratively. But mm-hmm. Swerve adds that star power. I don't know how, how to explain it, but like when you just see Swerve in the ring, how he performs in the ring, outside the ring, you know, during the media scrum and all that, it just cries out superstar, you know what I mean? His entrance, the way he walks even. Yeah, he just has he it. Just feel, he, he feels like a mogul. Yeah, yeah. and I yeah. love that. And, and so like this match, and the acclaim, that, that's the, the thing, the thing is that acclaim, their entrance is just fire all the time. This is the most over entrance I've seen in, in a, a while. Yeah, and it's a yeah. it's a complex entrance. It's not just his walk or his music or his or the the costume. You know, it's like everything has to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they made every complex part of their entrance work. The rap, the 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 shouting out of the claim is here. Uh, you know, the, yeah, the season season that he has. like everything works. And okay, so when the match itself was so fire, right? Mm. Plus. You know, you have all that hype build up from the, the entrances and all that. It's just a yep. five star immediately, lah. And then you let yeah. them go for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and now, now I know that they had a lot of time because you know, other people decided not to give themselves enough time, lah. Yeah. So okay, good for them. Uh, again, I love this so much. Uh, I like how like Swerve was clever enough to 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 get the knee of Bo- Bowen's knee. You know. That kind mm. of thing, like psychologically, it was so sound. Uh, it was fast paced all the time, um, and also less confusing because it's it's a it's a tag team instead of trios, right? Agreed. So maybe that's why I thought that the trios match was lacking as much. Maybe because of this match, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but whatever it is, doesn't matter. This match, ah, uh, I, I love it so much. I think that the claim getting over makes sense. It's so natural. It they grew naturally. Like from mm. from when we first saw them like two years ago, right? Or yep. whenever they they became a tag team, lah. Uh, yep. I was on like, dark. Yeah, on dark, and then when uh, who's the rap- uh, caster does the rapping, right? Yeah, yeah. And when caster raps, like, I was like, damn, actually those raps are not bad. Like, it's not, it's not, uh, you know, it's not shit, lah. And then it gets better every week. Yep. I mean, there's some duds sometimes. Like, yep. but it's very rare. Yeah. You know, and so because of that, it naturally grew uh, an audience. Like, it grew, I mean, the people noticed. Like, and slowly, whenever they came out, everybody really knew that gimmick. Like, really knew, you know, how hype the rap is. Uh, the, you know, knew the entrance uh, to a T. And, you know, Chicago Chicago crowds are like the most uh, rabbit. rabbit, you know, when it comes to this kind of thing. Like. Yeah. So it just like... Um, all these things just work so well together. The crowd, the claim, you know, swerve in, in our glory. All the ingredients made it uh, into one of the most fire matches of the night. Oh, absolutely. The most fire match of All Out, in my opinion. Yeah. This was number one. Yeah. This was number one. 100%. Uh, trios was number two and the world title match was number three for me. So, yeah, uh, I agree with that. Anyways, uh, we'll move on to the next one. For the AEW Interim 
women's title match. Oh. Uh, this is a fatal four-way because Ro- Thunder Rosa has a back mm. injury that she's dealing with, so she couldn't defend the title. Uh, she'll be out for a couple of months, hence the interim title. Uh, Hikaru Shida takes on Tony Storm, takes on Dr. Britt Baker DMD, takes on Jamie Hader. Um, I thought this match was pretty good. Yeah. What do you think? Solid, solid, solid from all four women. Uh, I, I especially like the Britt Baker, Jamie Hater wrinkle. Yeah. The angle that they yes. have, the, 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 the split that's happening between them. Yes, especially with Baker fucking pin Hater. Yeah, yeah. What a, what a snake. Although you knew it was coming, <laughs> but it was like, yeah, this, this is very in character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, good for her. Uh, because yeah. that adds the other wrinkle, when you know, we, we'll see where that goes in Rampage and uh, in, in uh, sorry, in Dynamite. Yeah. Um, yep. But I think Tony Storm was the deserved winner. The crowd was heavily behind Jimmy Hader, though. Oh, okay. But I like I like Tony Storm though. No, of course, of course. I, I'm I'm just pointing <laughs> out that the crowd was chanting for Jimmy Jimmy Hater the whole way. La. Yeah, yeah, they were lah. Because she's the only she's the one of the four that feels like the most undervalued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. They they were just rooting for the underdog, yeah, right? yeah, the one definitely. that they had the least chance of winning was Jimmy Hater, and they were like, let's 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 see what what she can do. And Jimmy Hater is a a great wrestler. Oh, no, she way. did. Uh, she did really well. The powerhouse of the fall. Yeah. Like she's the, the strong strong woman, you know. Um, Tony Storm is, is... Yes, great foil. Yeah. Uh, Tony Storm is... We all know how good she is, you know, from the Mi Young Classic mm-hmm. up until mm-hmm. now. Um, Hikaru Shida has been the ace of the women's for division a long for time. a long time. Yeah. You know, but the, the thing is that Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker have been long reigning champions, so they didn't need yeah. an interim belt. Uh, I think Tony Storm needed it, uh, to be honest. I think so, because of the way that she's coming up and up. La. Like, she'll yep. benefit the most from it, lah. Britt Baker, yep. I don't think anyone wants to see her champion anytime soon. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you can transition her into a very natural feud with Jimmy Hater, a non-title feud that doesn't need the belt. Exactly, yeah. So that, that again increases the prestige of the women's division because there's a non, non-belt non story over there. You know, that's mm. happening. Um, this is one of the things that I like. Um, Ruby Soho and um, Tay Mello... Mm-hmm. Uh, energy and all that. These are all non-title feuds. Yeah. Right? And you need non-title feuds. Right? You can't just be... Yes, they are very yeah, important. It, correct, it, correct. it really uh, beats up your entire division. Mm, yeah. Because absolutely, it's not absolutely. just about the fucking title, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, but Tony Storm does need a title just because she's... A, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to put it on her like, because of her rising status in the company. And mm, her pedigree, her skill level. Exactly. And it will make sense when uh, Thunder Rosa comes back, lah. Yeah, to unify the belts, yeah. right? And considering they are they are also a tag team called Thunderstorm, yeah. Uh, you know, so it adds like more dimension story, to their match. Man. So like they're friends. Yeah, story. Yeah. This is a good story. Exactly. They built up two stories here: Britt Baker versus Jamie Hater and Tony Storm versus uh, uh, Thunder Rosa. Eventually, whenever Thunder yeah. Rosa heals up, she did the did slip on her kip up. That was hilarious. And then like a little bit lah. Like, but it was quite late into the match. Yeah, right? yeah. Tired. And, but then the, yeah. the fact that Tony Storm after that did a keep up. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. damn. And then everybody also noticed it. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, but uh, good match I, d- well. I didn't think it was as bad as the lazy Evans oh, no, 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 and Roy no, no, Rumble. No, no, no. This was a slip because this wasn't her like she yeah. fell. Or, I mean, she didn't have the strength to do it. The lazy Evans yeah. keep up like happened within the first five minutes of the Royal Rumble, like very early. Yeah. You know? And it was like. Bro, you're super fresh. Like, how can you not? Yeah, that was uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This wasn't Shida's fault. This one is really she literally she slipped. Not her fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was you know it was lead the sweat all yeah, on exactly. the ring. I, I, yeah. It's not not a big deal. Yeah, not, not a big, big deal. deal. But it's just funny. Tony Storm did it like two two seconds later. Yeah. Uh, congrats to Tony Storm, yeah. who seems to have found a new lease on life post WWE. Yeah. Um, you know, some people I feel like 
now want to go back to WWE because you know you know Papa H is back, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I think Tony Storm is one of those people that doesn't want to go back because she's being booked very very well. One of the few people who come over from WWE, uh, few women who come over from WWE into AEW that's been booked really well because I think they've kind of dropped the ball on Ruby Soho, people like that, you know. But Tony Storm they didn't drop the ball on, so I'm glad for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, good match overall. Um, yeah. Uh, did you see, by the way, when Tony Storm uh, tag team with Shida last week against Britt Baker and Jimmy Hader, what the fans were calling uh, the Shida Tony Storm team? What are they calling it? So Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa is Thunder Storm, right? Yeah. So Shida and Tony Storm were called Shit Storm. No. <laughs> no, it's amazing, right? <laughs> Oh, that popped me. That popped me hard. Uh. Oh no! Shit, the storm is a great name. Shit, the storm is a great name. Okay lah. No, no. <laughs> so disrespectful. I know, but I mean, it's funny. Right? It's funny. It's funny. It was just like a one-off thing, right? They're not going to like forever be known of as shit. Storm. It's just like a, a one-night-only joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay. Anyways, then we move on to a singles match between. Uh, another very very well built feud mm. Christian Cage taking on not Jungle Boy but Jack Perry um, Christian Cage has cut some scathing promos about Jack Perry's family yep. making fun of his dead father making fun of his family saying that he's going to sleep with his mother and everything um, I love that Christian Cage walked to the ring immediately immediately gets slapped by Jack Perry's mom um, great moment um, also this added wrinkle of like who is Luchasaurus behind at first we think that Luchasaurus is with Christian Cage he switched sides to Jack Perry, but over the past few weeks, Luchasaurus has not touched Christian Cage. Mm-hmm. So that made me suspicious. What's going on here? Now is Luchasaurus really with, is really with Jungle Boy? It turns out Christian Cage did what his t-shirt said. He worked everyone. And Luchasaurus is on Christian Cage's side. Mm-hmm. He beat down Jack Perry before the match, chokeslammed him onto the metal guardrail yeah. uh, plating, you know, near, near the side of the stage. And that was a real chokeslam, man. Do you see his back after that? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, he slammed him again onto a table in front of his family. Christian Cage picks up the easy win from an injured uh, Jack Perry with a kill switch, formerly known as the Unprettier. Mm-hmm. Gets a squash win over Jungle Boy. A lot of people had a problem with this because it was such a well-built feud, similar to Hobbs and Starks, right? Yeah. And again, another squash. But I think the story element makes up for the squash. Yeah, yeah I think this is a very different situation yeah, 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 yeah. of Hobbs and Starks. Because yeah. there was what do you uh, think? element of Luchasaurus. Yes, I think this was fine. Yeah, this was fine because again, the the whole thing is that we got worked by Christian Cage. Yeah, Luchasaurus came out, destroyed the fuck out of Jungle Boy, therefore leading yep. to the squash. It makes sense. Luchasaurus coming up from the heel tunnel behind uh, Jack Perry was a great touch. Also. Exactly. So yeah. to me, this was so different from uh, Hobbs and, and Stucks because that we expected a match. That yep. we wanted twenty five minutes. I mean, we wanted twenty five minutes here or so as well, lah. But because yeah. of that wrinkle of Luchasaurus, I was okay with it. Yes, I was also okay with it. And also, it, as it turns out, um, a lot of people are reporting that Christian Cage is dealing with a, le- um, a leg injury, so he can't actually wrestle a full match. Oh, okay. That's why they did, that's why they did it this yeah, way. Yeah, that's fine then. Yeah, yeah. And so it's fine. Good I mean, job on Luchasaurus, man. Correct, correct. And, and this buys time for Christian Cage to heal. Like, if he, if he needs, like, one or two months off, right? Yeah. Uh, Jungle Boy can feud with Luchasaurus in the meantime first. Which and is then an interesting story right there, right? Already an interest, interesting story. So if he beats Luchasaurus, then maybe at Full Gear, maybe at Winter is Coming, then the Christian Cage match can happen. And then you can deliver the 30-minute match that we that we wanted. Exactly, together. yeah. I'm fine with this. 
I'm totally fine with it, absolutely. Yeah. I, and the, the the family getting involved was all fine with me. I think this was a good storytelling. Same, match. same, same. Agreed. Uh, not a match, a good segment. segment. Yeah, yeah, it's not a match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next time, we have the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, taking on not Le Champion. Oh, come on. Not, not Sports Entertainer, not uh, a little bit of the bubbly, not Pain Maker, but Lionheart Chris Let's Jericho. Bring back, bring back his old WCW Cruiserweight gimmick, the Lionheart Chris Jericho. Uh, the last survivor of the Heart Dungeon. Uh, taking on the American Dragon. I love how this match was built. Uh, Daniel Garcia, uh, the surrogate son, between has to pick between his mentor and his hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, whether he is a wrestler, whether he's a sports entertainer, Danielson is pulling him to the pro wrestling side. Jericho is pulling him to the sports entertainer side. Daniel Garcia watching on the screen in the back, watching his two fathers fight. Uh, I, I, I think this was a very good technical match, mm-hmm. um, a bit slower paced, uh, but I'm purpose. fine with it. On purpose, this was a very grappling-centric mm-hmm. psychology, hold for hold, catch as catch can type of match, yep. which Danielson and Chris Jericho, if you've forgotten, Chris Jericho can also do, uh, because he, he used to do this all the time, you know, the man of a thousand and four holes, uh, <laughs> and, and, and everything. Uh, uh, I, I even didn't mind the finish of the low blow, because it added to the story of Daniel Garcia being disappointed in Chris Jericho. He told Chris Jericho that you can win without cheating, oh, yeah. and in the end, Chris Jericho resorted to cheating, letting down, letting down Daniel Garcia once again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was good all around. It put over Danielson, it put over Jericho, and it put over... Uh, Daniel Garcia. I didn't. I didn't even mind that Danielson lost this match because I thought it was fine. He was protected. Yeah, yeah, low, and all the that. low blow plus the Judas effect because that was a, a gate. Not not that that was against the rules, but rather against the spirit of what was trying. They were trying to do. Correct. Yeah. You know, I, in heart and everything, I shouldn't have done exactly. that. Right. He was pretend. He was saying that I'm going to wrestle you fair and I can beat you fair. Yeah. It turns out he can't beat him. Yeah. Um, I thought like um, Danielson trying to do the Harakarana being uh, turned into transitioned into um, a lion tamer was excellent Ooh, was an good. excellent transition mm-hmm. beautiful um, yeah this was a very 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 good match maybe a 3.5 or a 4 star match mm-hmm. that they deliver like it's not the top 3 matches of the night oh. but still very very good and very entertaining what do you think yeah I mean again I love the build up uh, I love how you know you got back this lion quote unquote lion heart Jericho right yeah um, yeah. You know, with his tights, the music, everything, brilliantly done. Mm-hmm. Um, the match itself was a technical, uh, I wouldn't say masterclass, but it was really good technically. Lah. Yeah, a very good, te- not everything needs to be a masterclass. Yeah, exactly. Bro. So, you know, yeah. like, but it was a back and forth that was really entertaining, even though it was yep. so much slower than the rest of the matches of the night. But it added a different flavor. Yeah, exactly. You know? like you need the, the ebbs and flows of a programming. Like. So, some Correct. matches can be higher. Yeah. Correct. Agreed. Exactly, right? Yeah. So yeah. this was like that kind of match where you're just watching and you're seeing how the counter is going to happen and the counter is going to be amazing. You know, and how uh, each it's a chess match, like, essentially. You know, mm. between these two fucking wily veterans. Like. And so it just that it felt like uh, as the match went on, you you kind of felt the frustration from Jericho. And yep. you kind of felt that Danielson was coming closer and closer to the win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, boom, that, that, that beautiful low blow, you know, where he distracts the ref by covering the ref. The low yeah. blow and the Judas effect was done so smoothly, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that you were like, oh, man, like, you, you ruined something that was so beautiful, you know? Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of people were upset that Chris Jericho won over, but that's the point of the exactly, story. Exactly, you know? And yeah. so that's why I, I loved it because it really it really like got me angry at Jericho for doing that. 
Yeah. And, it, and also, when you think about Danielson and Jericho, right, these are two guys who are not affected by wins and losses. They're like Seth Rollins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about, right? Correct. Like, it, it doesn't matter that Danielson loses. Danielson is still Danielson. It's okay. Yeah. They already have that, that pedigree behind them already. The purpose of this feud is to put over Daniel Garcia. That is the thing. Exactly. That is the main story, correct? Correct, yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I thought this match was, was great for what it was uh, and for how it, again, once the backstage stuff happened when, when Jericho met mm-hmm. up with Daniel Garcia and all that, that I felt uh, was the, the, the climax of the story, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, did you watch the promo in the ring when you know uh, Daniel Garcia confronted both Brian Danielson and Jericho a few weeks ago on Rampage? Yeah, 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 I did. So, you know, like Jim Bros and me and you and nearly everyone who talks about wrestling has always inadvertently said Daniel Bryan rather than Brian Danielson yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time, all right? The time. So, I was actually wondering, because Jim Ross was commentating at the time, like, and there is a Brian Danielson and a Daniel Garcia in the ring. I was waiting for Jim Ross to fuck up, you know. <laughs> but then, the, 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 the person I thought who would fuck up the least fucked up. It was, Brian, it was Brian Danielson who oh, called himself oh, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> He himself. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Oh my god. Because he was talking to like uh yeah, so do you, so so Daniel Garcia, do you believe in Jericho or do you believe in Daniel Brian uh, um I mean Brian Danielson? It was amazing. It was like Brian Danielson himself got confused. Uh... <laughs> so, so I I'm, feel I'm, less I'm, bad now fucking up his name yeah. all the time. I know I I'm not gonna make fun of JR for fucks because JR fucks it up all the time, right? So if Brian Danielson can get confused, it's fine. You know? <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious, man. It's like the, the ghost of Vince McMahon was in his head. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're Daniel Bryan! Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah, solid match. I enjoyed this as well. Yeah. Um, next up, we have a six-man tag match. A bit of a cool-down match here. Mm. Darby Allen and Sting uh, teams up with the Redeemer Miro mm. to take on House of Black, Brody King, Barry Matthews, and Malakai Black, accompanied by Julia Hart. The real House of Black this time, Hardy. Yeah, yeah this is the, 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 not the knockoff. Not the knockoff, the real house of like. What do you think about the six man tag? Uh, honestly, for me, uh, Miro was. Could it be on dynamite, right? Yeah, hundred percent. This was a yeah. dynamite match. Yeah. Uh, and not even main event dynamite match. Okay, this can be like, yeah. like honestly, like mid of the the show or something. The end of the first hour. Yeah. Like, yeah. But whatever it is, uh, since it's here already, right? Yep. <laughs> um, I had fun, you know, callbacks to certain things and all that. Uh, Redeemer Miro uh, looks strong. Um, yeah, I was okay with this match. It did what it did. I the best part of this match, right? In my opinion, was the ending of the match. The, uh, Malakai Black going for the black mist. He uh, spins around. Yeah. Sting spits the mist into Malakai yeah, Black. Was, I did not see it coming. I thought that was very yeah, well done. That spot. timing was so perfect, somehow. Yep. That timing, it was like just as he was turning, right? And his face, boom, mm. right there. And then I, for a moment, I didn't know what happened. Yep. Because I couldn't, the, the miss wasn't as, you know, clear. La. Prominent. Yeah. La. yeah, yeah. But then on the replays, I was like, damn, the timing was good. Yeah. yeah. And and also because Malachi Black has black face paint on his face yeah, yeah, already. Correct. So it wasn't apparent that, yeah. you know, he was And Sting it, has yeah. black paint on his face, so it doesn't look like he spat anything out as well until he smiled. Yeah, absolutely, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, uh, there was a moment of confusion from the, even the ref. Even the ref was like, uh, "Do you do something?" I don't know. It doesn't look like you yeah. did anything. All of you still have pain on your face already. Yeah, so exactly. I can tell. Uh, is it me or was Miro a little pissed at the ending? 
Yeah, yeah. Miro, Miro didn't want to tag in Darby and Sting. He wanted to handle it by himself. Yeah. That was the story going on here. Because I mean, Miro and Darby has history also. Yeah. So they already don't like each other. So this was a bit of a tenuous partnership. So I like that they played on that history Me too. too. Um, I like that Miro got upset that it was Darby and Sting who got the job done and not him. Mm. Um, I like that when Sting was doing uh, the Scorpion Deathlock, the sharpshooter, he was no selling... Uh, the knee strikes from Buddy Matthews and Brody King and all that because you know Sting is this yeah, supernatural guy, like, so he... thing, Yeah, I, I love that he knows all that as well. Um, I I thought this was a perfectly serviceable match. Yeah, yeah. That me, although it should not be an all out, I don't think there was anything wrong with it. No, nothing wrong with it. Uh, I love one of the spots when uh Buddy Matthews actually hit Miro mm-hmm. with the bat as he was running in. Yeah, it, it was so fast. I and didn't so even see the that... bat. Correct. Yep. I was like, what? What? And even the commentators are confused also. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. So yeah, serviceable match. A uh, great way to kind of like, um, put some wrinkles in this uh, Darby Allen Sting and Miro alliance as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I, I again, I I, I want to see where this goes on Dynamite, not on All Out. Agreed. All Out could have been a three-hour pay-per-view, not a four-hour mm-hmm. pay-per-view, and a lot of these matches could have been on Dynamite and Rampage. What in Here's what I, I would do, right? Whenever they have a pay-per-view like All Out or Full Gear or whatever, mm-hmm. they, they turn it into a, a pay-per-view week. So you make Dynamite and Rampage in the lead-up to the pay-per-view will be cards. You uh, put this match on Dynamite, you put Christian Cage versus Jack Perry on Rampage yeah. you know, as a headliner, stuff like that. You know? Powerhouse Hops versus Ricky Starks is the main event of Dynamite. Give them 25 minutes, yeah. you know, that type of thing. And then you save all the title matches for the pay-per-view. Correct. So you make it, you make it like a week-long, fe- uh, like a festival. Sort of thing which, like every show has an important exactly, match. Exactly, which they can do easily. Yeah, and for some reason, Tony Khan just likes to pack in one, two, three, four. A lot. Was, 15 um, matches tonight. 15, okay. How insane yeah. was that? I, I was tired. I know it was the same amount of time as uh, Clash of the Castle. Which had five matches. Yeah, but after this, I felt tired. I was like, Oh my god, I've watched how many matches now? Like, back to back, I was like, oh, it's still going on. Then I was like, when this match came out, I was like, wait, we're not at the main event yet. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, god damn. Did you take a break? Because I took I a break. Took a break. I took a break, like, two hours in. La. After Hobbs and Starks, I took a break. Because I was upset about Yeah, same. That, that, was, yeah, yeah. that was around the time, the two-hour mark. I think yeah. two-hour mark, yeah. Uh, just about right yeah. about half a mark yeah, and I was like let's go watch House of the Dragon or something like, you know. <laughs> which was and I did I wa- I, yeah I watched House of the Dragon I watched the Rick and Morty season 6 premiere which was also very very, yeah, good. very good and then I was like and then I was in high spirits again and then I came back for the Sword in our glory the same match and I was like oh, okay. Oh, okay we're back in yeah I did the same thing yeah, uh, amazing. Okay, let's move on to the AEW World Title Match. Two-time champion, mm-hmm. John Moxie. Don't call him interim anymore. He fucking hates that. Mm-hmm. Defends his belt in hostile territory against CM Punk, mm-hmm. uh, who lost his, uh, who lost his uh, championship in a squash match just a week ago. Yeah. Uh, um, before we get into this match, what do you think about the build of Moxie and CM Punk? I actually think this is one of the best yeah. built title uh, title feuds that we've seen in a long time and very different also. yeah I mean uh, this has been building since the injury you Correct. know and uh, I think this was beautifully done in the sense mm-hmm. that we knew that was going to culminate here uh, there was that little uh, that little wrinkle of punk losing in that squash but I thought that was a beautiful now that I've seen the whole story play out right mm-hmm. like that was a nice uh, little wrinkle to add you know, that squash, mm. that squash match. 
did you see the promo before the squash match the week before that that punk cut on yes, yes, uh, on yes, John Moxley? Yes, 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 yes. That match could have been sold on that promo itself. Yes, correct. It was that good. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, I'm not going to talk about the hangman hangman page part of the promo, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, that one. You know, like that one's fucking weird because he had nothing to do with this feud. Yeah. Like punk went to business for himself there, but after Wait, that mean, he started. Say again. Punk went to business for himself. Yeah, yeah, with the hangman page promo. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, you know, the the whole like, you know, uh, I'm calling out Hamming Page, although he knew that it wasn't scheduled and he sat there, oh, that isn't cowboy shit, it's coward shit. And then he moved on to the John Moxley. But I'm going to talk about the coward shit part later. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk about like the promo that he cut on John Moxley, you know. Uh, you know, um, you're the you're the third best guy in your stable, which is the same thing as uh, as it was back in the other company we used to work for. That's a recurring theme in your career. You're the third best guy in your stable. In the Shield and in BCC, I thought that was, what a burn. It was a burn. Uh, I, he even uh, even Eddie Kingston took a stray bullet here because he said that Eddie Kingston is uh, the 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 second best Kingston I've ever worked worked with, which is a reference to Kofi. Oh so, shit! You know, uh, and and the the third best Eddie has ever worked with, of course, referencing Eddie Guerrero and Eddie Edwards as well. Um, amazing! Like, a lot of people caught stray bullets there, uh, and then he was you know he was really dismissive of of Moxie. You're the third best guy in your stable in the Shield. You're the third best guy in your stable in BCC. Uh, you um, I don't, you know, when, when Moxie tried to confront him, got face-to-face, he's just like, uh, back, off, back away from me. I don't want you to bleed all over me, which was hilarious because that is what uh, John Moxie does. You blow on him and he bleeds, yeah. right? Uh, he, when Moxie was coming down to Wild Thing, uh, CM Punk was uh, making snow angels in the ring and uh, singing along to the song in karaoke, that thing. He was so dismissive of Moxie. He absolutely owned him. He even him in that promo. And then Moxie just didn't need to say anything because Moxie is one of those guys like, I'm going to let my fist do the talking. Yeah. And next week, the very next week, it's like, you shouldn't have taken me lightly. You, with your fucking injured leg, should not have taken me lightly. I'm not an interim champion. I'm the world champion. He squashed Punk in like two minutes in one of the most shocking things I've ever seen on, on, on a weekly episode of Dynamite. Exactly. I mean, what an interesting build. And then, this is how you make CM Punk an underdog in Chicago. CM Punk, in any other circumstances, would not be an underdog in Chicago, except... He's coming back from a foot injury. He just got squashed. Exactly. If you want, if you want to tell the whole the classic sports story, the underdog in your hometown, CM Punk, you can never do that now at this point in his career unless you pull out something like this. What do you think about all this? Do you think that it was it was uh, masterfully crafted as yeah. as I I do? Exactly. Yeah. That's why I say once you look through the entire story now, right? You, you can yep. see all that moments where it was perfectly timed, like it was perfectly yep. added in, it was perfectly mm-hmm. executed throughout, like. Mm-hmm. This can only happen when you have two fucking wily veterans, uh, in the the, the title picture, la. Agree. Uh, yeah. I mean, Moxley, Moxley for all his, in I mean for, Moxley is always been one thing, and that's consistent. Like mm. you know what you're gonna get out of Moxley, you know. Agree. And and I mean being I mean obviously it's a bit much. I mean he's the third best of Shield, but then. I mean, come on, he is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, especially when we just talk about how awesome Rollins is and the current yeah. run that, that fucking Roman Reigns is on, you know? The thing is, it, it isn't even that much of an insult. It's not, you know? because those are the two because top guys. Roman, Seth, Brian Danielson, William Regal. I mean, come on. Lah. You're, I'm not... Just being the third best in a faction made up of those people, it doesn't make you bad. A bit hard to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. whatever it was, uh, again, this match 
uh, the way that it culminated and all that, right? Hmm. Uh, because of what the story has been told before, this match I feel became like a four point five out of five. Special. Yeah. Uh, CM Punk's speciality is storytelling. Yeah, and he told this story perfectly. John Moxley too. John Moxley and CM Punk are cut from the same cloth in that they are not the most technical in no. ring. Uh, they are not moves guys. No. They are not physically athletic mm-hmm. per se, but they tell good stories. And when you put them together, they're going to tell a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, even down to the point where John Moxie came out last week on Dynamite, he he had uh, the contract for the Open Challenge and just put it in the ring. Anybody who wants to fight me at All Out can fight mm-hmm. me. I love the whole little wrinkle of uh, AEW producer A Steel coming down to the ring, <laughs> picking up the contract, saving it for CM Punk, getting him to sign it, giving him a little pep talk where he actually uh, dropped the F-bomb live on air also, you know, but he was so amped up. You know, I thought A Steel did a great promo to amp up uh, CM Punk there also. Yeah, yeah, of course. In, in that, you know, and then CM Punk, he was about. He looked like he was about to retire. Like. That, that was what the promo was about, right? He got rejuvenated in front of Chicago by his trainer, A. Steel. He's coming for. He's coming for Moxley with uh, with uh, a new pep in his step. Yeah, literally. Uh, um, and and that led up to a really really good match here in yeah. the main event. I mean, know? and it, it it went on all. I mean, even before the match, uh, I think when someone asked when Sam Pang if he feels like an underdog, mm. and then like how he he replied saying that you know it's not he's not fighting just. Me with my injured food is fighting, you know, the baker who bakes these goods in Chicago, or this coffee guy that makes this coffee in Chicago. I love how how he just like shields for his friends' establishment. Exactly. Yeah. And basically, he said like, you know, you're fighting Chicago, not just CM Punk, lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, 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 okay. Bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's like if I was going into a world title match, you know, like in in Singapore, and I was like, I'm fighting for like you know, like Hardy and EIA or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, my friend's coffee shop here, you know, Mother's Duel because my friend's running. Yeah, it's amazing, you know. He's just like yeah, help, helping his Chicago friends. Which out, he like. did also in the middle scrum. Hmm. Yeah, he uh in, in the midst of him shitting over all his coworkers, he's eating. Muffin. Yeah, made by made by the the bakery he was talking about lah. And then thousand boots lah. Also got a shout out. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, great later, stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the match itself I thought was the typical Moxie. To the point where they even brought in the crowd, I was like, oh, this is a Moxie match. Yeah. But I love the wrinkle that it was CM Punk who bled and not Moxie. Yeah, that was a that was a twist I didn't and see coming. Too. I was like, wait, where's that blood? That's CM Punk. I was like, I looked at Moxie. I was like, nope, he's still okay. Like Moxie bleeds from everything. <laughs> exactly. This was the first time I've not seen blood on Moxie. By the way, I we didn't mention it when Samojo came out earlier, ah, yes. right? Uh, to to confront uh, Sanam Singh and yes, all yes, that, right? Yes. Uh, so, somehow Samojo bled also. Yes. In like the two seconds he was out there, I don't understand how. I, he just hit something, lah. Yeah, like he hit his hit on a camera. I don't know. I don't understand. Yeah, that happened, lah. Yeah, that that was weird, lah. But yeah, CM Punk bled. John Moxie didn't. This is a very back and forth match. They told me to take it a couple of times. The early GTS, yeah. I thought it was going to be a um another squash, thought, you know. Except yeah, exactly. In the other way, John Moxie hit the Death Rider. That sold me to take it also. Yep, me too. And then the the second GTS where John Moxie hit the ropes and then fell on top of CM Punk. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that prevented the pin. He was out cold, and then CM Punk decided to hit another GTS just to make sure. Yep. Went for the pin. Very good very match. Good. Very 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 yeah. good match. Um. How would you rate this one? So the match itself, I'll I mean the match plus story. Yep. I'll give it a four point five. Oh hell yeah! Easy. Uh, match plus story plus what happens after that, I think elevates it to a bit of like a five. 
But what happens after that has nothing to do with the match. No, I know. Oh, wait, 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 wait. MGF, yeah. right. CM Punk wins. Yeah. The lights go out. Um, and AW has done a lot of these lights go out things. Uh, to the point <laughs> where I'm so sick of it. You know? yeah. It's annoying. But this one, but different. This one, this one makes yes. sense. Uh, MGF plays a clip of uh, CM Punk and ROH. Uh, his devil promo. Uh, the, the greatest trick the devil ever put is to uh, make you believe that he doesn't exist. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, MGF pulls out the devil mask and says, I am no, that, the devil. The voicemail with Tony Khan saying like explaining why he got rehired, why he got resigned, yeah. why he was in the casino ladder match. It was Tony Khan desperate to get MGF back, right? Yeah. That explains why he was in the casino ladder yeah. match, you know. So there was like a little bit of logistics I handled in that uh in that uh quote unquote work shoot uh voicemail mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. Sympathy for the devil plays, uh where I think Tony Khan spent like ninety nine million dollars on that <laughs> shit. Like it must have been like Rolling Stone, they don't give out that song. Like. I mean it's a fucking but a banger, man. God damn, right? It's yeah, it's a legendary yeah. Um, rock song. I mean, um, MJF like unmasks to be the devil himself, reignites his feud with CM Punk. Yeah. What do you think about all this, man? Exactly. So that elevated it even a bit more, right? Yeah, because it ties in so well into that story now. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know the you know before even he revealed his mask, you know he put on his scarf, right? Yeah, and immediately the the crowd went from Punk to MJF. You could hear Chicago crowd. Exactly, the Chicago crowd was cheering MJF. I was like, "God damn!" You know, and then he comes on stage and all that stuff. You know, Punk doing the uh, raising the title, be- uh, beckoning for him to come onto the stage. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you see MJF. You know, again being the brilliant um, young talent that he is, right? And knowing how to read and how to react and how to create this kind of uh, moments. Mm. You know, and immediately he just flips off the crowd you know, and then fucks off. <laughs> Great end to the people. Beautifully end, beautifully done. Yeah, yeah. I thought like three matches in particular saved this pay per view from being like a C yeah. to like a B plus. Yeah. I yeah. think. Um. So if in our glory versus the clean, uh, the trio tournament finals Agreed. and CM Punk versus Moxley. Yeah, agree. Were the the three matches that were definitely pay per view worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And the and the NGF thing was just like the cherry on yeah. top, the the gravy on top of a great steak. You know? I mean, after fifteen matches, and then you give me an ending like that, I forgive a lot. Absolutely, but in a weird twist of fate, um, yeah. Wardlow a few weeks ago, uh, do you, do you do you watch Wardlow on this podcast where he talked yeah. about how he felt that his moment at Double or Nothing was stolen because nobody remembered the Wardlow squash on MGF. It was overshadowed by MJF walking out of Double or Nothing he, and the contract dispute and everything. I forgot. He felt that MJF took away his moment uh, because of the real-life drama. Oh. No, I didn't watch that. But okay. So yeah, I mean, Wallow was a bit upset uh, because he felt that his push stalled and his heat was taken away because of the real-life things going on with MJF. Uh. He felt that MJF should have put him over without all the drama. Uh, because he, uh, the story coming out of Double or Nothing wasn't that Wallow is finally made. It was that, oh, is MJF leaving for WWE? Yeah, that was the main story, you're right. Correct. And in a weird twist of fate, uh, MJF's big moment and big written was upstaged by CM Punk uh, and his own real-life drama. Yeah, man, that was uh, But okay, before we get into this, right, I do have to say one particular bit of ironic thing. Yeah. Because when we started this podcast a few years ago and then AEW started, right? Yeah. Remember what the whole narrative that we were spinning, the whole feeling was 
that I'm so sick of WWE uh-huh. and their bad booking yeah. and their and the backstage fights yeah. and the toxic environment yeah. in WWE. Yeah. Uh, and now three years later, the narrative has miraculously swung the other <laughs> way, where AW, the former wrestlers utopia, where everybody gets along, kumbaya, blah blah blah. Yeah. That honeymoon period is over, bro. Now AEW looks like. Internally, it looks like it's a shambles. It is run by a mark, and the inmates are running the asylum like a late WCW. And Where WWE Eric was just giving out like creative liberties, like creative freedom to like all the wrestlers, you know. And CM Punk feels like the new Hulk Hogan. That's right. Uh, and, and and you know, it's it's quite ironic that CM Punk calls himself a Bret Hart guy, but he's behaving like 1997 Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah, and all that, right? and now. It is the Triple H WWE that feels like the utopia where people now want to go back to WWE. Don't you I think it's funny that the narrative has like totally gone 180 here? It was so funny. Like, like honestly, it, it's just the timing of it all. You yeah. know what I mean? It really is because Vince McMahon got fired at this time. You know, CM Punk coming into AEW at this time. And we all forgot he was a dick. <laughs> we did! <laughs> We were so happy to have him back that we forgot what CM Punk was like. Like, in real life. Yeah, we did. We forgot, you know. Yeah. Because he's been giving us what we want. Yeah, the happy-go-lucky punk is gone, bro. Yeah, that, that guy has... That, that, that whole, like, kumbaya punk is no longer around, man. The, I'm, this, this, I'm this, doing this to, to, to push the next level of guys, you know. This is prime day. We forgot that CM Punk is all about CM Punk. He doesn't care about the younger people and all of that, you know. And in a certain sense, in a certain sense, Hangman Page was right about that, lah. But okay, so here's a little breakdown yeah, yeah, yeah. outside of CM Punk of what's been happening. Yeah, you in explain it. A AW backstage. Uh, Eddie Kingston three weeks ago was suspended for three weeks because uh he got into a fight with Sammy Guevara backstage. Sammy Guevara cut a cut a promo about Eddie Kingston just just as a work, uh, making fun about his weight and everything. Eddie Kingston took exception to that and attacked uh, Sammy Guevara backstage leading to a suspension, which is why Eddie Kingston versus Sammy Guevara, which was booked for All Out, was cancelled. And then, you know, it's shifted to Eddie Kingston versus Ishii and Sammy Guevara versus um, Ortiz and Ruby Soho, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's one thing. Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara got into a fight backstage. That's the thing that happened. Uh, Thunder Rosa is getting a lot of heat. Um, the, in real life, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Marina Shafir have bagged on, on Thunder Rosa for working stiff. For sandbagging them, trying to make other wrestlers look bad by not cooperating with moves and all of that. Oh, that's not good. Uh, Miro uh, has requested a release because of bad booking. Malakai Black uh, gave a farewell after the House of Black uh, match on All Out. Someone did ask did you that. See his, yeah. Did you see his little curtain call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he, he waved, blew kisses, and then uh, took a bow. Uh, he was saying goodbye to AEW here. Uh, Malakai Black also, either he's taking time off or... He, He's asking for his release. That's the speculation. Um, well, then we have a proper yeah. house of black in WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Bobby Fish uh, has been released by AEW no, also. What? When? Well, not released. Like, his contract is up uh, in one month's time. And uh, Tony Khan has gone publicly say, has publicly said that he's not going to renew Bobby Fish's contract. That's not nice. Bobby Fish also, after that, went on several interviews and podcasts burying the booking of AEW, saying it's like the Wild West. There's no structure to it. 
he also buries CM Punk as the diva backstage, who's causing a lot of turmoil and division. Into a pre- you let the wolf yeah. into the hen house. Yeah, yeah. So Bobby Fish has been saying that very, very publicly, like, because he doesn't care anymore. Like he's he's about to get released, right? Or his con- his contract is not about to be renewed, you know. Um, which is a bad move because the elite versus undisputed era What's is the, the thing that we all want exactly. to see. It's a bad move, right? Right there. So um, these are just some of the things that have been happening backstage in AEW. Oh no! And we haven't even gotten to the, CM Punk, Hangman Page, the Elite, all of that. So this all first started when during the Hangman Page CM Punk feud a few months ago, three months ago. You know, leading up to double or nothing, Hangman Page made an innocuous comment in the in the ring. He talked about this was this was like a very innocuous thing in my opinion. He said that like, oh CM Punk, uh, he cut a work shoot promo on CM Punk, like, saying that like you 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 claim to be the voice of the voiceless. You say you're all about workers' rights, you know, but you don't give a shit about workers' rights. You care only about one worker, only CM Punk, yeah. and everybody else you you're gonna bury you, you know. So CM Punk took exception to this, saying that he didn't clear the promo. That Hangman Page went into business for himself by referencing Kurt Cobana, which, to be honest, if if he didn't met, if, if CM Punk himself didn't say Kurt Cobana, nobody would have assumed it was about Kurt Cobana. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah, he just he just said something like, "Oh, something that every MGF has cut this promo on CM Punk, Eddie Kingston has cut this promo on CM Punk, but for some reason he took exception to this very one-off nothing line, right?" Mm-hmm. He's out for three months with a foot injury. Comes back, the first thing he does is call out Hangman Page on his return promo and says that uh, if you're a real man, come out and face me. It's something that was clearly unplanned. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, uh, he, like Hammond Page was sitting on Gorilla, his music was queued up and everything. This was clearly something that CM Punk did to make Hammond Page look bad. Yeah, right? Yeah. And then he sits in the ring, he waits for Hammond Page to come out, he doesn't and he says like, that's not cowboy shit, that's coward shit and then he moves on to the John Moxie promo, right? Yeah. That's clearly CM Punk going to business for himself. 100%. And, Inadvertently proving what Hangman Page said, you know. Yeah, uh, Hangman Page also taking the high road here, not 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 responding, not replying, not saying anything to. to yeah, I remember uh, that now. That was a very awkward moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You it know, kind of was like, um, saved by the John Moxley promo he did after, like, because you kind of like, okay, that was weird, but whatever, lah. Like. Yeah. So so Punk absolutely went to business for himself, and then. And, and this was the thing that happened three months ago over a very innocuous comment. It, is, yeah, yeah. it really got under his skin. Um, and then he went, he goes into what I can only call an unprompted tirade after the AEW all-out finish during the media stream. Yeah. Did, you, did you watch I the did. unprompted? This, this wasn't even like a question. You know? He just went into it without a question. Yeah, he did. Um, but he blasted everybody, even the journalists there. <laughs> so uh, a guy called a guy called Nick Houseman uh, stood up to ask the question. Before he even asked the question, Punk confronted this journalist and said, "You're friends with Scott Colton, aren't you?" And then he clarifies that, "Yeah, I used to do improv with him, lah, but we're not exactly friends, you know." And then he says he goes into all this about um, uh, the media has been uh, publishing slanderous lies about him about how he got Kurt Cabana fired from AEW just because he didn't want to work with him. He goes into detail about the litigation with, with Kurt Cabana. He makes fun of Kurt Cabana's finances. Yeah, uh, he said his mom. Like, there is uh, an indication that Kurt Cabana is a bad person, which I don't quite understand. Yeah, that one also, that, that really got me a bit confused. I was like, why is that bad? He shares a, a bank account with his mom, so that tells you all you need to know about what kind of character so, he is. Exactly. I, what? And so what does that tell me? I was wanting him to like clarify that. Like, what do you mean? Like, is bad? Uh, yeah, you have I, an account with your mom. 
yeah, it's bad that you allow your mom access to your finances, finances in case that she needs money or something. Is th- that's a bad thing I, somehow? I don't know. That, yeah, exactly. That came off very like weird and entitled. Yeah, uh, he says that he hasn't had anything to do with Kokobena for 10 years, which is patently false because he was on that, that famous podcast uh, eight years ago. Yeah, I was like... Uh, he he said that he promised to pay for Coke Gabbana's uh, legal fees if WWE sues him. He backed out of that he promise did. and then claims that uh, Coke Gabbana gave him the go-ahead and everything. Which he didn't. Um, which he didn't. And he says that like the reason that Coke Gabbana got fired from AEW is not because of him. Although, I mean, come on. <laughs> Probably was. Maybe he didn't pull the trigger on it or ask Tony Khan to release him, but he clearly was moved out from a prominent position in the Dark Order immediately after CM Punk came in, right? Yeah. Uh, and then he he goes on to accuse uh, the irresponsible EVPs who can't run a target for spreading slanderous lies about him in the media about how he got Colt Cabana fired. About, because, you know, Colt Cabana is the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega right. and Hangman Page's friend uh, from back in the day, like, you know, and all of that. You know, they came up together in ROH and PWG and all of that, you know. Um, they said that Hangman Page, he said that Hangman Page jeopardized uh, AEW's first multi-million dollar gate uh, by going to business for himself over a very innocuous line, uh, which I think CM Punk had a disproportionate response to. Um, he buried the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega for spreading uh, the rumors about how he got Kokobana fired to the media. And hilariously enough, all the dirt sheet reporters later came out and said that, like, actually, our sources went the Young Bucks. Yeah. Uh, and so it seems like he may have pointed he may have assumed it was the AVPs, but it okay. wasn't. He just assumed because uh, of their friendship. Yes, right? Yeah. He just assumed because of the of, of the friendship, you know. Um, and then he goes he goes to bury Omega. He goes to bury the Young Bucks. He goes to bury the working in the company. La. EVPs. I mean, yeah, la, the Young Bucks and yeah. Omega are the EVPs, He doesn't call right? them uh, out by name. La. I mean, Purposely. yeah, la, yeah. Yeah, you know, spread lies and bullshit into the media. That's why he said... Um, Tony Khan was sitting right beside and him, face looking just... uncomfortable as fuck. He looks like a spineless boss. La, in, I'm in this, sorry, in this... yes, exactly. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Like, he looked like, this is this is when you should put your foot down. Like, I think CM Punk has the right to voice his opinion but... in a private setting. Yeah, but this is the to, media. To... Unprompted. It's not as if someone said, so CM Punk, what do you think about the EVPs and all yes. this? He just, Launch into it while eating a fucking uh, cupcake, right? And uh, then Tony Khan just like letting it go and like just and give a like a fucking half fuck answer after that. And Tony Khan even tried to interject at one point, and then CM Punk shot him down. Yeah, right. This is not yeah. your place. This is not your place. I'm like, whoa, Tony this is not his place. But then he didn't stand up for himself, so I'm like, okay, I guess it's not his place. <laughs> Tony Khan should have been like, bro, this is my place. Exactly. This is paid for by me. I am your boss. I am the fucking owner of this fucking company, motherfucker. You know? Uh, the people that you're shitting on built this company. From nothing. Uh, so, so, Tony Khan is put in... I, I mean, I do sympathize with him a bit because he's put in, in between his biggest star, his biggest money earner, against the people that he built the company with, the Bucks and Omega. Yeah. So, he, he's put in a, in a terrible position in between them la, to settle this. So after Punk goes on this incredible, shocking rant in front of the media, unprompted, and then even when other questions were being asked, Punk kept talking about Kokobana, about his finances and everything, right? Yeah, it just went on and on. Like, it was, after a while, it sounded like a crazy person. 
like even during other other questions, yeah. right? Even during MJF questions, even during Moxie questions, yeah. I mean, he, he kept coming back to Coco Like right? he 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 will say like, oh, uh, MJF is super talented, blah blah blah. Really like, yeah, he's still a prick, blah blah. blah. And then like, yeah. you know, like disparaging comment about MJF, and then, uh, yeah, Coco by the way, you know, like yeah, Scott Colton like he calls him right, he doesn't call him Coco Uh, and mm. then after that, uh, same thing with uh when the Moxie question was asked. Uh, Moxie is very talented. You can see, blah blah blah, and then yeah, Scott Colton. By the way, <laughs> like, bro, what is happening? Like, let I it know, Scott la. Colton or EVPs. I, it's, yeah, those those two things are his targets that that night. And then what? Uh, and Hangman Page as well. Like, just yep. talking about how yeah, like Hangman Page is like you know unprofessional and all that stuff. You know, like or uh, you, you what do you mean like you don't take advice from people or whatever? You know, like mm-hmm. what a weird chip on the shoulder, man. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I felt that like CM Punk had maybe some legitimate grievances here, uh, and I think he has a right to express sure. them, just not in this manner and in front of these people. Like he's he's accusing other people of airing his dirty laundry. But he's doing it right, right there, and, and and not even really airing dirty laundry. A very innocuous comment about your your not for workers' rights from a promo from three months ago, right? And then he airs out the dirty laundry of Colt Cabana's personal finances, what the EVPs allegedly did and everything. Hyman Page being an asshole, blah, blah, blah. Uh, in front of the boss, Tony Khan, right? And just Tony Khan just took that shit and just ate it up, man. Yeah, I mean... La, but like, he... Oh, man. A lot of the big problems with the booking with AW, and a lot of people have been accusing... I've never been on board with the site. La. People saying that, oh, Tony Khan's actually just a fan. He's a money mark. No. He doesn't really know how to run a company. Um, he doesn't feel like a boss. Uh, who who the structure of uh, communications with talent and all of that are not in place because Tony Khan doesn't really know how to do that. You know, he doesn't really know how to run a pro wrestling company. And I've always pushed back against that because I thought AEW has been doing really well. Yeah. This was the moment where I was like, God damn, right. I think these people have these people have a point. You know, they, he needs a Nick Khan. Correct. Yeah. You know what I yeah. Mean? Like he needs some. Like I'm, this sounds weird, but he needs a real authority figure. And 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 the thing that like irked me the most is after all all this are going on right you know and I haven't even gotten into the fight yet right yeah. all this is going on and Tony Khan at the end of the press scrum the moment he gets heated he gets heated about words collide yeah he got heated like at, at the end, NXT he... and uh, WWE stuff it's like oh um, I don't want to work with uh, WWE because of how they treated me and then a uh, reporter follows up how have they treated you oh they put on words collide today and I was like I'm not gonna, what the fuck said, talking about bro? I'm not gonna take this shit I, anymore I, I'm not going to take this shit. This is how Jim Crockett's promotions was treated. But let me tell you, I have a lot more money than Jim Crockett. What the fuck are you talking about, bro? Bro, that's that's not the that's the, your your anger is directed at the wrong people. Bro, this is like literally the worst that Tony Khan has looked since uh, the big swole comments, right? It's the brown the brown uh brown thing, lah. Yeah, right, right. Um, I mean, and then we in the middle of the scrum, there's a moment during the Swerve and Keith Lee uh interview. Where Tony Khan looks at the security guard running backstage, and he looks super concerned, and then news comes out about what happened to cause the security guards to run backstage. Um, so this is combined reporting. Yeah, I'm yeah, combining yeah. it from a bunch of uh, there's, there's a lot of dirt sheets that are not reliable, but I only took ones from reliable. Mike Johnson mm-hmm. from PW Insider is extremely reliable. Sean Ross Sepp from Fightful.com yeah. is has a hundred percent track record. Yeah. Name me any other dirt sheet writer 100%. Sean Rossett was the guy who broke the news of CM Punk. Yeah. 
he was the guy who broke the news of MGF uh, walking yep, out. Yep, yep. Um, he was the guy who broke the news hours before Vince McMahon retired that Vince McMahon was going to retire. Mm-hmm. This guy has a 100% track record. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Meltzer is about 50-50, la, but he has some reporting on this too. La. But these are three very reliable guys. So from what and I've been able to collect, they were on the ground uh, at the press room. Yeah. Yep. So this is what they've been able to collate. Uh, they report that the elite came to CM Punk's locker room last night to confront him about his comments. That escalated into a physical altercation between the Young Bucks and CM Punk. Mm-hmm. A chair was nobody thrown. Conf- Not yet. Yeah, a chair was thrown later. But nobody will confirm who throws the first punch. However, several talents who wish to remain unnamed CM Punk. report that CM Punk threw the first punch. A steel got involved and arrived through a chair. Uh, a chair. Hit one of the boys, the, the, the box in the eye. He hit Nick Jackson in the yeah. eye with a steel chair. Uh, allegedly either knocking him out or rocking him. Uh, quote, the, the quote was rocked. Like he was, uh, he was um, shaken and stumbled. La. This led to a separate altercation when Kenny Omega came later on to confront A steel about throwing the chair. Uh, Fightful reports there is massive heat on A steel as he could have put Nick Jackson's career and life in danger in a very irresponsible action. Yeah. Uh, many in the company believe that A Steel is done with AEW moving forward. Okay. They report that Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks never got physical with CM Punk or A Steel. It was the other way around. Ooh. Security and AEW staff arrived to, arrived to break up the melee, but the, uh, but the two sides Maybe. remain arguing for, yeah, uh, they remain arguing for some time afterwards before the elite finally left CM Punk's locker room area. Um, FTR, who are with uh, good friends with uh, CM Punk and Hangman Page, who are good friends with the elite, were not present. They left the building after their matches because they were not needed for the scrum. So they were not involved in this melee. It was just Omega, Bucks, Punk, and A Steel. Yeah. Um, apparently, the locker room is divided between those who support the Bucks and Omega oh, no. and those who support Punk. Oh, no. Uh, particularly, particularly, you know, the FTR and all of it all support Punk. Uh, they feel that Punk's verbal statements led to the incident and he was the guilty party. I think a lot of the people who are with Omega and Bucks feel that way. Um, others who back Punk question why the EVP stormed into his locker room, placing Punk in a situation where he was outnumbered and that their decision was... Uh, and, and that like, whatever happened afterwards was partly exacerbated by the Young Bucks coming in hot to question CM Punk. But CM Punk himself in the press scrum said that like, you know, I hate people talk beh- talking behind my back. Yeah, so they came if, they wanna, if they want to face me, I'm right here, bro. Come at me. I'm right here. And then when people came at him, he freaked out, right? Well, he still freaked out. Yeah, but CM Punk threw the first yeah, punch, yeah, right? Like, from Reportedly, like, threw the first punch. Did, yeah. You know, um, I mean, I've seen CM Punk throw punches. Like, he should not be throwing punches uh, in any case. Um... Boy, what what do you think about all of this, man? Man, this is confusing as fuck. Like, yeah. honestly, but then again, we forget what kind of person CM Punk is. Hey, yeah. Hey, oh, oh, I'm a Brad Hart guy, but actually I'm Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's because, you know, when CM Punk first came into AEW, he knew that, okay, it was a very different role when he came in and when he became world champion. Mm-hmm. Because what... Because as much as this is a scripted thing, right? You becoming world champion. Yep. It, however, it has a very symbolic, uh, symbolic thing, lah. When you are world champion of a company, face of the company. Yeah, the face of the company essentially. Yeah, every ticket sold and all that, you have a big part to play with that, lah. People are coming mm-hmm. to see you, lah. Mm-hmm. And that I felt helped. 
push CM Punk's ego back to what it was, like back in, you know, when he was in WWE, I guess, mm-hmm. where suddenly it became okay now to to shit on people that not only founded the company, but grew the company from nothing. You know, and, and not really like, and airing all this out instead of why not settle it backstage? You know, why not settle it together in a mediation or whatever? You know what I mean? Like he said, Cole Cabana didn't want to do mediation and all that. I'm like, why don't you do mediation with the EVPs? You know, if that they are the real problem. Or, or really talk to, do you talk to Hangman Page one-on-one, you know, and, and hash it out? You know? That, that There's a sense of entitlement that I don't feel CM Punk deserves. Like, he feels like he's wrong, but mm. I feel that that he's actually jeopardizing whatever that AEW has built over the three years. Like this really yes. paints a, and it doesn't help that Tony Khan. I'm so sorry. This sounds weird, but Tony Khan is not a Vince McMahon. For all yeah. the faults that Vince has, okay, for every he has a a lot of demons, a lot of bad things that he's done. He's not yeah. a good person. Okay, he would never have let this this happen. This would never slide, man. You are going to get yeah. your ass fired, man. Yep. Like if I was Tony Khan, honestly, I will have half the mind of firing CM Punk right now. I also, just to be fair, I also think that the elite should be suspended also because they exacerbated the situation. Sure. I don't think they fault. Sure. But I think they exacerbated the situation. Sure. But how do you? How do you? How do you um suspend? I know you're the owner, but how do you suspend essentially your co-founders? Mm. You know what I mean? This is a very um, delicate issue. Omega and the Bucks are threatening to walk out. Bro, oh my god. I I personally, in my opinion, I love CM Punk, and I think CM Punk is the biggest money draw in AEW sure. at the moment. But how much longer does CM Punk have his in his career? Two, two, Would two, you... Tr- would you trade Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson, and Hangman Page for CM no. Punk? I don't think that's a fair trade. No, I, 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 I value the four over the one. I, especially when the one only has what, two or three more. Exactly, and not only that, but CM Punk itself is the cancer, you see. You're letting the mm. cancer spread. And suddenly now you have a faction of people behind CM Punk. You, yeah. And that's going to just grow. You know what I mean? Yep. Cut off the cancer before it, it spreads. That's, that's my thing, lah. If I was, if, if this was Vince McMahon, he would have fired CM Punk already. Bye bye. I mean, I don't know lah. Some shady shit went on behind the stage. They did lah. Backstage. They did lah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean, Brett and Sean was because of Vince McMahon. No, that's true also. Yeah. But that's because Vince wanted Sean. True, true. I mean, Brett did punch Vince McMahon. He did also. Right. So I mean, this is not the worst thing we've ever heard of in pro wrestling. No, no, like, it's no, just no. shocking. It's just shocking. Because because it's twenty twenty two, it's a different era. And, and where we, it started a, was not not this clusterfuck, you know. This company that started as like this utopia for workers and yeah. uh, independent contractors, where everyone will have a voice, blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, I think um there were some issues with AW leading up to this, no, no doubt. No. But I think the issues have become more prominent mm. because of CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you have a guy who thinks that he's kind of like quote-unquote above the law. Like, the, the way that he behaved in front of Tony Khan, he clearly believes that he is above anyone else in his company. Yeah, man. Including the boss. Yeah. I mean, it was so weird because like the other 
like because after that like Sof came Sof, uh, the tag team champions came and then uh Chris Chris Jericho came on also right yeah and like it was like totally like left you that they're talking about wrestling things and all mm-hmm. like it was totally positive nothing to do with like all this cluster fucking at the back it yep. was hilarious like what just happened oh man so weird yeah yeah um, so, I mean, am I correct in understanding that you come down in the end on the elite side in this? Yeah, I'm on the elite side on this because of the fact that, again, they're the ones that built this company from the ground up. And they're the ones, as much as, even if they're wrong, they're the ones that started this from nothing. Yeah. yeah. And they deserve some sort of, like, say in this, you know? I think they deserve more respect from Tini Khan. 100%, yeah. I think Tony Khan should have cut off CM Punk in the middle of it. And he just didn't have the balls to, even though he is the boss. Yeah, because again, you know, you're looking at your number one moneymaker. He he visibly, visibly shrunk. Yeah, he did. In front of CM Punk, right? Like he just like curled up into a ball yeah. and just like let CM Punk continue. Wearing the stupid hoodie didn't help. Yeah, 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 a little bit, right? Yeah. And then and CM Punk just casually munching on the on a market. Made it worse. Like, Made it worse. Yeah, right? it was the image of that. He's just nonchalantly just fucking over this company, eating a muffin, talking about how awesome this muffin is, talking about how awesome Don Housen boots are, mm. and they're still shitting on Scott Colton at the same time. Yeah. Oh man, it was such a masterclass at being an asshole, man. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, making fun of his personal finances, I think, was a bit uncalled for. I was for like, also. what was that? That didn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, man, that was so weird. That was so weird. Do you think it would be hilarious if uh, in 2023, uh, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Cody Rhodes are in WWE? Bruh. The AEW founders, eh, the four people Bro. who founded the company, you know, end up in WWE. You know what a coup that is or not? Yeah. I mean, I know it will never happen because I don't think they would ever want... I mean, maybe it depends on how bad it is. Lah. But honestly, if... Oh man, that's crazy, man. Can you just They already have Cody, bro. They already have Cody. Yeah, but Cody's issue was with the EVPs, though. No, Cody's, Cody's issue was with Tony Khan. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. sorry. Yeah, not EVPs, Tony Khan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems that the elite's issues are also with Tony Khan, at least part of it, lah, for, not, for not backing them up. Lah. Oh no, that would be hilarious, though. It's, you know, like WWE may not have beaten AEW, but I think they would have beaten AEW if you took away the people who built AEW. No, you can't lose that. That's like your backbone. Yeah. Because your other stars aren't ready yet. Like, I'm as much as we love MJF, we love... Uh, uh, Bro, you know MJF is going to AEW in 2024. Uh, you know he is. Once he's done, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Especially now that they're confident that Triple H will treat them right. Like, if Vince McMahon was still running things, I think they would think That'll twice about like, coming to the yeah, WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it seems like a feasible option. Yeah. And now that, that, that the booking suddenly looks realistic, la, like, mm. I, I mean, like, it looks good from afar, right? Like, right now, as 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 uh, reviewers of WWE, we, we see that the booking is quite solid. You know? Yeah. Um, that, that everybody is getting time. That they yeah. weren't, nobody is, not many people are being wasted in catering, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, so like that is scary, and like it, it's quite interesting because like oh you don't have time on Raw, never mind. We put you back down in NXT for a while, give you some time there, you know like yeah. Ricochet had nothing to do this weekend. Hey, let's let's put yeah. you in a match, Carmelo Hayes. It's not a big deal, you know. And they've create some natural story from there. Boom, he's, yeah. he's back in 
you know, he has some match time, he, he looks good and all that, blah, okay, bring him back in. And, you know, like, there's so many things that, that WWE do now that, that they would never done five years ago. Or just last year. Or, or five months ago. Or five months ago, yeah. Bro, I mean, Mustafa Ali is getting a, uh, a match a week. Yeah, uh, that's that is very shocking to me, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander are recurring on Raw. Something that I was like, huh? How? Oh, yeah, Triple H. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, that makes okay. sense. <laughs> it's his guys. Oh my goodness, man. Um, it, yeah, this is, this is very... Yeah, this is yeah, very weird. I mean, I, I just feel that because Triple H himself, now that... I mean, he went through the whole shebangs of being a professional wrestler, you know, for over 30 years, right? So, mm-hmm. like, he himself also know the pitfalls and all the, 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 the pinpoints of being a wrestler. Lah. So... Now that he's in a position of power, you see that he's trying his best to be as. Yeah, I mean, he did it in NXT, lah. You know, you saw what he did in NXT, lah. And it's just. In my opinion, yeah. Yeah, sorry. The, the six, 2012 to 2018 NXT, mm-hmm. there is no promotion in the world that had a run like that. Nobody. Yeah. I think six years of straight up every week fucking good, every pay per view fucking good. Everything there is tight. no company. Yeah. In the 21st century, there's no company that did that. I'm including ROH in this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ROH was on, I mean, during that period of time, really got fucked over with all their talent going everywhere else but there. Uh, I mean, admittedly, like, NXT was just ROH la, um, <laughs> with WWE money. <laughs> but, like, what Triple H did there was special. And what he's doing with WWE main roster right now is special. Exactly. And seeing that, you know, there's all this turmoil backstage, I'm actually kind of worried for AEW's roster going forward because I think some people like Malakai, Black, some people like Miro yeah. might consider going back to WWE. Yeah, and they won't mind going back because Vince McMahon is no longer there. Correct. Yeah. That's a big even, pool, man. Even the Bucks and Kenny Omega, I think they will be eager to work with their old friends Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Oh my god. I mean, they will lose a lot of power lah, because, you know, yeah. they are no longer... That... Does it seem like they have power now? Because <laughs> it doesn't... I mean, yeah lah. I hope they do lah. I mean, this, the, the the return of MJF, the uh, the elite winning the trios championship, all overshadowed because of this, because of what CM Punk said and did. Yeah, a, a really, like a really uh, solid all out was really ruined by this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, he takes um, yeah. I mean, what did he CM mean Punk... by you don't try to middle your top baby face, try to get your niche audience that is on the internet to try and hit him for some made up bullshit rumor. Really pieces the bullshit, the bullshit rumor is that he got caught Cabana fired. Lah. Um, he might have been mistaken on that because the bullshit rumor was out there, but it wasn't perpetuated by the EVPs apparently, according to all the writers who perpetuated that rumor. Lah. It's like, oh, our sources were not the Young Bucks. They were not Omega. Then who was it that he was talking about when he said that you have an empty-headed idiot who has never done anything in business do public... Hangman Page. Oh, that was Hangman Page. Yeah, because oh. he was at uh, San Diego Comic Con. He said that like uh, I like I prefer to do things trial and error. I don't like to take advice and stuff. Oh, I think that was a fair statement in my opinion. I mean, yeah, by by CM Punk. Yeah, yeah, that, that one I thought that yeah that makes sense because like he said that we, he quoted a bunch of well, obviously he's a, a baseball fan lah, you know. He quoted a bunch of cheaters. No, I was going to say that. It was all a bunch like Mac, uh, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and Barry Bonds are famously known for their fucking steroids. Yeah, <laughs> but also because they really song the bed really fucking hard, lah. 
I understand, but he hilariously undercut his opinion by the people he chose to name. <laughs> but those are the only guys you know, though. Literally, those three names are the only. I mean, apart from Erod and like um, the guy who led the New York Yankees. Yep. Apart from those two guys, I don't know any other baseball players except Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa. I know. Uh, the roided up cheats are the people that you should be taking advice from. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, let's cap off this episode of Hard yeah. Hits with NJPWG1 Climax 32 Finals. Oh, uh, it came down to Kazuchika Okada versus Will Osprey in a match of the year contender. Um, it took place at the Budokan Hall in Tokyo. Um, Okada was seeking to become the fourth man to win the tournament in two straight years. Uh, Osprey was going to become only the second non-Japanese winner non-Japanese wrestler to win it, uh, joining Kenny Omega's club. Uh, and New Japan's current ace and the reigning IWGP United States champion uh, have faced each other seven times in the past, with Osprey winning only one time against the Rainmaker, coming during the round-robin portion of 2020 G1. So, Kasuki Okada is 6-1 against Osprey. So, Osprey was looking to finally beat Okada, like a guy who he can almost never beat, you know. Um, the G1 itself, the tournament, have you seen any of it, by the way? Uh, I did not know. Okay, so this year tournament was a bit different yeah. because it didn't it didn't have um two groups. It had four groups. It was the last the largest ever G one field. Oh wow! Made out of four groups, four groups of round robins lead up to semifinals, lead up to finals. Mm-hmm. Um, it fe- it featured plenty of good matches, but it didn't deliver great matches up until the tournament finals, where Okada and Will Osprey, in my opinion. Fucking knocked it out of the park, man. This was one of the best Will Ospreay matches I've seen. One of the best Kazuchika Okada matches I've ever seen. This was, in my opinion, the best match of the series. This was the best match that Will Ospreay and Okada have ever put together. Um, I think you can just announce this as match of the year already. I think no one's coming close to this. Um, Ospreay is more than ready to win, but Okada won this one, which upset me a bit because I thought it was it should have been Will Ospreay's time rather than Okada. Oh, wow, they gave Okada. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't really blame them for going with Okada again and again because Okada is a proven commodity. But I feel like this should have been Osprey's year. Uh, but whatever. Like, this was an absolutely unreal match. And Osprey did an incredible job to prove that he is uh, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Okada already, we already know, is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, and I thought this was really the moment where Okada is finally going to put over Osprey clean. But eh, oh well. you know. Um, I disagree with the booking, but the match itself is hard to... Hard to poke holes at, man. Mm. This was an absolutely phenomenal match where Will Ospreay, uh, because Will Ospreay has never had, can't beat Okada, right? That's the story. Yeah. Will Ospreay started doing moves from all the people who had beaten Okada. Oh, wow. That's actually quite a good... good uh... That's interesting. Yeah, so Osprey, uh, like like blew out his arsenal early, like 10 minutes into this 40-minute match, right? He did all his usual things. La. This, again, cannot get it done against Okada. He started emulating Finn Balor. He did uh, the coup de gras, the 1916. He did the he did he started um, emulating AJ Styles. Oh, he did the nice. phenomenal forearm. He he transitioned a rainmaker into a Styles clash. Uh, he started uh, emulating Shinsuke Nakamura. He did the Kinshasa and everything. <laughs> he started doing moves from every anybody who's ever beaten Okada. He was like, oh, man, I need to if I can't beat him, I need to take a page from the people who have beaten him. Wow. Styles Clash, Coup de Gras, uh, Kinshasa. Uh, he even emulated his uh, historic rival Hiroshi Tanahashi. You know, he stole moves from mm-hmm. him too. Uh, in the end, he still wasn't able to get it done. But I, I love the story of the match. Every time Osprey looked beaten, he he pulled something out from AJ Styles. He pulled something out from Finn Balor. He pulled something out from Tanahashi. 
great stuff yeah. here, man. Great stuff. Uh, great callbacks to uh, Okada's history and the times that he has lost. I do really. And one, one of the things is that Okada is always the sure hand, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, for a Japanese guy, he's huge. He's 1.9 mm. meters tall. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. He's, he's like Takashita, right? A guy who could easily transition into American wrestling because he's so big. If they really wanted him there, yeah. I want to say Yeah. But he's so good in, in NJPW. I mean, he's the ace in NJPW. Lah. Yeah, so, and, and Osprey is the ace gaijin in NJPW exactly, right now. Exactly. Yeah, uh, this was this was match of the year for me. If you have not seen Osprey and Okada, this includes you, Hadi. Uh, go off your way to seek, seek it out. Sure, sure, sure. Definitely. Um, the best part of the of the match was uh, Osprey very reluctantly, right at the end, you know, he already put out Finn Balor, he put out AJ Styles, he put out Tanahashi, right? Yeah. At the end, he was so desperate, right, that he pulled out a V-trigger. Like, he did a point to, uh, he did a point to Okada, and then, you know, he, you know Osprey, like, legit hates Kenny Omega, right? And then, like, they played into the... He, he played into the story. He was like, "Ah, fuck it, lah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use Kenny Omega shit, lah. I have no choice right now." <laughs> he, he did, the, he did the point. He did the V trigger, and then he did the one winning angels. Uh. Oh no! And and you you could see the disgust on Osprey's face that he had to do this. He go to his his most hated rivals. He was like, "Fuck this shit, lah. I hate Kenny Omega, but I have to do it because Kenny Omega has beaten him, and I can't beat him." Uh, no, that that's an interesting psychological way of trying to beat an opponent that is unbeatable. Yeah, yeah. Get it's unbeatable to you, lah. Is to use the history. <laughs> mm. It's like oh, only five or six people have beaten you, lah. Let's let's see what what they have that I don't have, lah. Nice, phenomenal. I, it's just watching Will Osprey do the one wing angel blew my mind. I was just like, am I really watching this? Because I know I know like they have legit beef, like in real life, you know. They they've translated it into a work shoot beef in AW, lah, for the case of business, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I know I know it must have like. Just the look of disgust on Osprey's face as he was doing it was perfect character selling. It was a great work shoot moment. Nice. Amazing. Five stars and even more. Uh, go check this out, guys. Definitely. And that wraps it up for a very, very busy week of pro wrestling. So much to talk about. Yeah, uh, um, yeah this, we haven't done a three-hour show in a long yeah, time. Bro, but this but, was uh, a lot of coverage, man. This, I think this deserved the three hours, yeah, right? Yeah, did. Absolutely. And we didn't even digress that much. It was all on topic. Most of the time, yeah. Most of the yeah. time, yeah. Uh, we'll be back in three weeks' time for AEW Grand Slam taking place from the Arthur Ashe Stadium, nice. uh, AEW's annual stadium show from that uh, famous tennis stadium in Queens, mm-hmm. New York. Um, eager to see the landscape of AEW post, uh, <laughs> yeah, post CM Punk. Uh, funnily enough, this is the one-year anniversary of uh, CM Punk debuting in AEW. Oh man, in one and year you've it, got so much chaos. You know, the first six months was all kumbaya. And he hasn't been around like for four months and then once he comes back, he's like, fuck all of you. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. Oh. Uh, um, a lot of people online have been calling this the fall of punk. Uh, because, it's the, you know, like his, his most famous run is the summer of punk, right? Yeah. In, in ROH. So he gets the belt in the beginning of the fall. Mm-hmm. So now he's going to the run as the fall of punk. Um, and I think it's a very apt name for what's going on right now. The fall of punk. Yeah, I mean... I don't know how you come back from this shit, man. But you must say it's a, it makes for good podcast topics. It does, it does. I mean, honestly, yeah. he, he just has... Uh, this can all be solved if everybody just sit down and talk about it. You know, air your grievances and fucking find a way to live with each other. I know, because, man. It, it just seems like... Yeah. yeah. honestly, of why we, what we need an AEW is because we need competition for WWE. 
Yeah. You know, we we need a, a viable competition because yeah. that brings you know the best out of both companies, lah. They yeah. want to do the best all the time. You cannot have the monopoly that WWE had for the longest time because we we have seen what happened. Yeah. WWE progresses into a shit show that it is, lah. I mean, right right now it's not so bad because Triple H is there. But even if if it's Triple H leading it, right? If it's a monopoly, it's never going to be that good. Agree. Yeah, we need AEW. They need to 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 fucking figure things out, man. Yeah, I mean, but like I said, it's funny how the narrative has it, shifted. Yeah, hundred eighty percent degrees. Yeah, hundred eighty percent and degrees. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> uh, just just three months ago, the narrative was the flip. AEW was the utopia. WWE was the toxic place to work in. Yeah, that's why. And now it's all changed. Don't you think this has been the craziest year of wrestling? Starting with Cody Rhodes. It is. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin re- returning. Vince McMahon retiring. The CM Punk shit. The past 12 months, uh, starting with CM Punk's return last year, yeah, uh, around this time, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, Jumping Ship. It's just been a crazy 12 months of wrestling, don't you think? It has been, honestly. It's like all the news that should have come out during COVID for two or three years, right, when everything was shut down, came out within a span of like 12 months. Yeah. Everything suddenly happened all at the same time. Yeah. Oh my God, you're right. Boy, yeah. What a time to be a wrestling fan, for good and for bad. Lah. But at least it's interesting. It is, it is, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. I will see you in three weeks' time. This has been Hit Zero. I'm Hardy. Goodbye, guys. Goodbye.